It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. It is week two of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Bill Cornwell and Joe Lindell. Happy to have you along on this seasonably warm, but (laughs) seasonably wet. December the 14th, 2018. We've only got two more shows left in the year after tonight. That's hard to believe. Then, yeah, yeah, it's then flying we'll, by. We'll be into 2019. Another week before Christmas, too. A lot of teams will be playing in holiday tournaments right. over the course of the next few weeks. Uh, some of them have been going on now. Um, to me, and we'll get to our first scoreboard update in just a second, but uh, Joe, to me, a lot of times early in the season, people schedule on different um, – Philosophy. Some schools will go ahead and schedule three or four games right out of the shoot, basically, in the first two weeks. And others will, you know, you talk about Woodrow Wilson and Beckley. They, they sometimes won't play hardly until <laughs> until the new year. Right. I, I was talking to one of the Scott Lady coaches today. They played uh, this morning uh, down south. They play in Work County, I think, tomorrow. Then they got another game Monday. He said, I don't know who did our schedule, but it's hard to get a practice in there to prepare for your next game. Yes, and – of course, we'll, work, we'll look into this. Work County schools were actually closed today because of illness. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was apparently a safety issue because there was the, the bug is flying around Elizabeth and around uh, Work County. So uh, As long as they keep it north, we're in good shape. Yeah, let's just contain this and uh, get through it. But um, Bill Cornwell, uh, this time of year, most of the kids who played football on the boys' side are back in a basketball uniform now that most of them have yeah. got all the practices in and can go. We're, we're just now at the fringe of starting to see how good these teams can be. Yeah, exactly. There, there'll be more that are joining next week. Uh, I know a couple of, for instances, here in the, in the Huntington area, uh, of course, uh, Spring Valley got to two All-Staters in Grayson Malashevich and Doug Nestor who play in basketball. Of course, uh, outstanding football players. And uh, Matter of fact, uh, Malashevich won the Fulton Walker Award this week as the best special teams player in the state, and, and Nestor's gonna gonna just clean up as far as uh, lineman awards. But uh, those guys had to get their practices in, and, and they're among all of them that are, are getting those uh, those mandatory uh, workouts in. And uh, you know, really next week we'll really get that full view of what a team is is gonna look like as far as who's gonna be playing, who's gonna be in good bench people who's you know who's going to be the consistent leaders on teams and and we'll get that taste and another thing that starts next week two guys is uh you start to get a little of that uh, holiday tournament feel i mean there'll be some next week and then a bunch of them between christmas and new year's and we always ask for your help when it comes to those holiday tournaments they are so hard to get information on sometimes you sometimes get partial information um the the more you can send to us at hoops underscore roundup uh, on Twitter or uh, just go to basketballnight.com. There are a uh, hundred ways to contact us there. Uh, just keep us up to date. Help us help you. And it, really, this is a show that requires the audience to... Uh, audience participation. Not just participate. <laughs> we need your help. Yeah. And uh, you know, we'll help uh, spread the word out once uh, we can get it from you. But we know that you are here for scores, and scores is what we are here to give you. So let's get our first look at the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. 
show. Lead us off with the boys' scores. All right. Taking a look at the boys' scores from across the state. Got quite a few in uh, early tonight. It's the uh, Kaiser Golden Tornadoes who fell to East, or East Fairmont tonight by a score of 65-61. At the half, James Monroe leads Narrows, Virginia by a score of 54-10. to In a final, Hedgesville knocks off Heritage Academy, Maryland, 63, or I'm sorry, 64-53. And, and this is a final. Bluefield knocks off Mount View this evening by a score of 73-28. Another final. It's East Hardy knocks off Moorefield, 72-59. At the half. It's Musselman and Woodgrove, Virginia, all tied up at 22. In uh, one of the games from the Ioga tournament today, Nicholas County holds off Tucker County by a score of 82-74. That is a final. Another final, Nitro knocks off Herbert Hoover, 53-28. It is the Wheatling Park Patriots knocking off Martins Ferry, Ohio, by a score of 60-53. Greenbrier West leads the Charleston Catholic Irish this game at the end of the third quarter by a score of 50-30. to 30. At the, Another score at the end of three. Logan Wildcats and the Scott Skyhawks both went into the night's game undefeated. Logan controlling this game, though, after three by a score of 53-35. Midland Trail leads Richwood 63-58 in a close one. That one also at the end of the third quarter. This one in the fourth quarter, it is Oak Hill leading uh, Westside by a score of 52-42. Pikeview at the half. Pikeview trails Princeton 43-19. It is Work County over Ravenswood. Uh, Presume that is a final 52-46. At the half, St. Joe of Huntington leads the Sherman Tide 30-17. Another score at the end of three, South Charleston, the Black Eagles, leads Spring Valley 70-57. In a final, it is Wheeling Central over Magnolia 92-38. And at the half, Oak Glen leads Lindsley by a score of 35-31. All right, time to look at these girls' scores. Uh, final from the event of West Virginia State. Uh, Riverview beat Scott 49-32. Also, final the Huntington St. Joe Irish over Wyoming East, 82-53. Uh, it was uh, Bel Air, Ohio, losing to Wheeling Park this evening by a four of 44-37. Charleston Catholic over Greater Beckley Christians Crusaders, 35-22. Third quarter score, North Marion leading East Fairmont's B, 62 36 At halftime, it's Philip Barber, a 33-31 lead over Grafton. Final, uh, Hedgesville loses to Musselman, 51-46. Halftime score, Frankfurt uh, leading Kaiser, 36-23. Logan takes care of Tulsa this evening by a score of 42-37. Ryan? As your check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Also going on today in Institute, West Virginia, at the home of West Virginia State University, is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes Hoops Classic. They've had games all day long, uh, boys games, girls games, um, and, and including some uh, private schools that aren't in the SSAC, uh, but still um, you know, getting an opportunity to play on a, in a nice arena 
at, at West Virginia State. Still a fairly new right. place and uh, really one of the crown jewels of basketball within West Virginia right now. Uh, earlier today, Calvary Baptist, the Patriots picked up a win over New Life Christian, Brian Sexton. Um, anytime that Calvary Baptist is involved, you might hear his voice, be it in a public address or broadcasting role. And uh, Brian, nice win today for the Patriots. Brian, good to be on with you guys. How you doing this evening? Doing fantastic. Yeah, we had uh, a big win today. Um, of course, we we're off to a uh, seven and two start after today's win. We we got out of, ahead of it a little bit earlier this year than most, and uh, we took on New Life Christian Academy out of Summersville in the in the Hoops Classic there at West Virginia State. And uh, Keith Tyler and the folks at, at the Fellowship of Christian Athletes do an unbelievable job with this tournament. But uh, we took out the Lions today, seventy four fifty seven. Our senior point guard, Captain Isaac Massey, had 23 points. And, and Ryan, i got to tell you, uh, Isaac Massey is probably the best guard in the state of West Virginia that nobody will hear of or, or have heard about until this year. Um, just a phenomenal player. I had five threes in the game. Um, we, uh, our big guy, Robert Clutter, 6'5", junior, had 16 to help us out. And uh, guard Luke Polly chipped in with 10. And, uh, we just took over early and, and uh, started putting them away there in the second half. But Calvary Baptist is part of the Christian Association of Schools. I don't have the correct name on that, but the Christian Association of Schools within West Virginia. Uh, again, not in the SSAC, but still yep. very competitive tournament play uh, among other like schools. And Calvary Baptist has been right in the thick of things the last few years. Yeah, and, and, and Ryan, it's funny because you mentioned that we're not an SSAC school, but, but half of our schedule this year is against SSAC schools. Uh, we went down to Beckley on Monday night, played Greater Beckley, of course, there in the, the WVCAT, the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament, but they are an SSAC school. And so uh, we, we have had Tulsa that we've played so far this year. We've had Hannon that we've played so far this year. We'll host Point Pleasant Tuesday night. We actually have a home-and-home with Point Pleasant. Uh, We'll take on Huntington-St. Joe next Friday night in Ripley at the the Ripley Holiday Tournament. And, uh, you know, if we were able to knock off the Irish next Friday night, we would take on the host school, which is Ripley. Uh, We play Cabell Midland this year, believe it or not. So, yeah, we've got quite a bit of of SSAC schools that, that are on our schedule this year that, that we're excited to play, and it, it makes our schedule that much more competitive, Ryan. Should be a lot of fun this year. And um, I know you, you were telling me about the guard play. Um, it, it's, it's sometimes hard to follow these schools because, quite frankly, their uh, scores don't necessarily always make the paper. But I also know that it's a very highly competitive division, and there are some excellent basketball players who are there. And it's, you know, just because it's, it's not necessarily as well publicized doesn't mean the quality's not there. Well, and, and I tell you something, we've been very fortunate. We, uh, we have a young man that's a graduate of our school, Justice Hutchinson, who played a couple of years ago that's playing down at Alice Lloyd. Um, you know, and, and so, again, you're going to see kids that, that may not necessarily play Division One basketball, but they'll play in a, in a smaller school, maybe an NAIA level school or uh, quite possibly a Division Three school. But, you know, to your point, very competitive, and the, and the thing about Isaac Massey, the, the young man I was telling you about, is that that he's got 
excellent range. I mean, it's nothing for him to pull up from about 22, 23, 25 feet and, and just knock it down to the bottom of the jar. He's a, a phenomenal shooter, has great range. As I mentioned to you, hit five threes today and, and had two or three more that rimmed out on him there at West Virginia State. And, you know, those rims there, Ryan, are, are a little bit softer. You know, the college rims are, are just a tad softer than what we play on normally. But, uh, you know, we, we were still able, Isaac was still able to knock down five threes. And, and uh, man, he, he's a phenomenal player. A lot of folks in the tri-state area and around the state. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll get to come out and watch him play, especially when we're in Ripley next weekend. Busy week ahead for Calvary Baptist. Home game against Point Pleasant. Trip to uh, Taze Valley Christian, and then against yep. Ripley in the or against St. Joe in Ripley in the holiday tournament, and then a championship or consolation game to follow that next week. Busy week, Brian Sexton, voice of the Patriots. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey Ryan, appreciate a couple minutes. Have a good night. Thanks you too, and um, we'll go right back to the phone lines in just a moment. Uh, but Bill, we. Being in this area, we're familiar with some of the schools in the Huntington area that mm-hmm. aren't necessarily well-known. Uh, and there are schools like that throughout the state that other people are going to be more familiar with than we are directly. And uh, sometimes I think there's this perception that, oh, they don't play at the same level. Yeah. Or, or, or they're not good enough. No, right. no, they are. And they, they are. are. They're competitive and they're fun to watch for the most part. They are fun to watch. And, and the quality of the basketball at those schools gets better and better each year, and Brian was talking about about uh, his team. Uh, I mean, they have in the last two or three years just gone up, but great strides. And kids are actually going there to play basketball. It's not just an educational thing, because they have pr- good coaching. They they've improved their facilities, and as he mentioned, they're really stretching themselves a little bit as far as uh, their scheduling, and they're just not playing among each other as far as the Christian schools are playing a lot of public schools. And, and as, of course, as he mentioned, Greater Beckley Christian actually is in the SSAC now. So they're, they've taken the big leap, and you know some of these other schools may make that jump as well. We're going to step aside now, take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk with Bill Nestor, WPDX in Clarksburg, Robert C. Bird off to a fantastic start to the 2018-2019 season. We'll talk about that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious, and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Join us tonight and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. This week's question, should there be a running clock mercy rule in high school basketball? Vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. 
And, of course, we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Many places to listen and watch basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page at basketballnight.com for the station nearest you. You can also watch our high-definition video on YouTube. Go to basketballnight.com. Just click to watch. We're also on Facebook Live. Shout out to our newest follower on Twitter, Taylor Spratt. Thanks for being part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 9-16, now 9-17 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and Bill Cornwell. Happy to have you along for week number two of the program as we are covering high school basketball boys and girls all throughout the Mountain State. Uh, we'll talk with the head coach of the Van Girls, Stephanie LaFouch, in just a moment. But first, let's go right back to the phone lines. Bill Nestor, WPDX in Clarksburg, voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. And, Bill, Eagles are flying well to this point. So far, so good, Ryan. After we talked last week, uh, Robert C. Bird's reeled off three more wins, so 4 0, getting a lot of opportunities early in the season and uh, playing pretty good so far. And playing some teams that have a little bit of cachet behind them as well. Most of the Big Ten does, but right now, stepping outside of the Big Ten, wins over Winfield, Wyoming East, and then uh, you know wins over Phillip Barber and Lincoln. So uh, while Wyoming East is down a little bit, allegedly, we'll see how that plays out through the course of the season, a 14-point win for the Eagles in that one, a 13-point win over Winfield. Those are two schools that perennially are threats to make it to Charleston, and the Eagles prove to be double digits better right now. You know, Ryan, both those teams very, uh, very impressive in their play. Uh, you know, that Polar Bear Classic was a great opportunity for, for all four of those teams to, to get their feet wet, including the host, Fairmont Senior. And for, uh, for Robert Seabird, the trend that, that took place uh, during those first two games and ironically has continued on is that they have uh, played well in the first halves, but really put their foot on the gas in the second half, especially the fourth quarter of play. In that Polar Bear Classic, uh, that was the key, uh, you know, with Winfield and also Wyoming East. And by the way, Wyoming East plays very hard. They've got some great players. But I think what happened in that contest, to Robert Seabird's advantage, was uh, the fact that Warriors played the late game uh, the opening night, and then Robert Seabird had a little bit more of a rest uh, between uh, games, so I think that was a benefit for him. Wyoming East didn't really play uh, as well as or as aggressively, didn't seem to have the pep in the step as they did in the opening night against the Polar Bears. So RCB kind of caught them at the right time, and, and so that was kind of a big factor in that one. But the, but the last two games that you talked about, Philip Barber on Tuesday and then uh, last night with Lincoln, Robert Seabird also, uh, the same kind of thing happened. Good, good, solid first half of play, but really impressive in the second half. So it seems to be a trend, and hopefully it'll continue for them as uh, they continue on. But you know, we talked last week before you got over to the uh, you know to the broadcast booth there that 
Well, the thing for Robert C. Bird early on in December was to get a lot of games in, uh, kind of see where they're at, get a measuring stick, and go from there. And uh, so far, it's it's been beneficial in RCB to get these games in. Uh, one more game here uh, prior to Christmas, and then they'll crank it up with a big road trip to Oak Hill on the 29th. So a couple more left before we get to the new year. So it's a great opportunity for this Flagler team who seems to be playing very good uh, basketball here as a play. Hey, Bill, over the years, you and I have talked about, you know, the formation of uh, RCB High School and so forth and getting the community involved. You, going 4-0, how, how is the community, you know, are they, are they rallying around behind this basketball team this season? Joe, they have. You, you know, that's what's happened. I think it, coming into the season, a lot of people thought it would be a good, a good team. Uh, the nucleus coming back. A lot of freshmen played last year. Uh, those freshmen now is sophomores. So the, the starting lineup looks like this. One senior, one junior, three sophomores. So everybody knew that this team had some talent and would, would play well. But, but the early uh, success in that Polar Bear Classic really has third interest, even more interest. It beat some people. So the uh, season opening home game was last night with Lincoln and a bigger crowd than usual on hand. So I think uh, the uh, community excited about it. They knew there was something there. The nucleus was there. How would they gel, especially early? That was a question. And uh, because of those early wins, everybody's excited. So a lot of attendance, and, and it continues to grow there. That's a good thing because uh, in the past, and we've talked about that, the, the attendance hasn't been what it could be or should be uh, for this team. And so an opportunity to get some backing from the community, and I think that's going to help them out as the season goes on. Yeah, they always get the big crowds for the Crosstown Rival Bridgeport game and some of the other games. Last year when Oak Hill came to town, a nice, sizable crowd. But uh, but just in general, not really the crowd they'd like to have. So this early success has definitely paid dividends and, and saw a very big crowd last night against the Cougars. Robert C. Bird now 4-0, and and will take on East Fairmont on Tuesday uh, in, a, in a road trip for the Flying Eagles. Bill Nasser, WPDX, always a pleasure. Guys, thanks for having me on. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. Thanks greatly. Appreciate that. Once again, that's Bill Nasser, WPDX, the voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. Let's go right back to the phone. Stephanie LaFouch is the head coach of the Van Bulldogs girls basketball team. Coach, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you all? Oh, we're doing fantastic tonight. Uh, just looking to uh, you know, talk a little bit about your basketball team and, and how they have fared early on in this season um we've fared pretty good we're competing tomorrow up at glenville state um they asked us to come last year to participate in a tournament that they have up there the iga basketball tournament at glenville so we did that last this past tuesday um we went up and um you know that they they did pretty good our numbers are a little bit low this year um, we have uh, 11. I had 10 come out. I got a little girl injured. I had somebody come out a little bit later. Um, so um, the, the numbers aren't what they were last year, but we have our core group of, of kids back. We lost two seniors last year, um, but we have our you know two highest scorers back. We were able to play Valley Wetzel on Tuesday, which is not a team that we would normally see because of the distance involved um, in travel. Um, you know, we played we played we played them pretty well. Um, our girls play a pretty fast-paced game, 
we we um, they seem to play better when they're that when they're playing in a fast paced game, and you wouldn't think with low numbers that that would be beneficial, but it's actually worked out kind of well for us in the first four games of the year. Um, we uh, traveled down to, T- to Tug Valley and, and lost to them um, last week. I think we're 3-1 and one right now. I don't get too held up, hung up on um, records. Uh, but uh, we have Haley Cook back, senior. Um, you know, she's, she averages about 15 a game. Um, and then, uh, actually, my daughter's a junior, and um, in the first three games of this year, um, I think that – I don't know averages and stats off the top of my head. I know that uh, last year I think Cook averaged 14 a game, and I think Carly had 17 a game. And in the first three games this year, I think Carly's at 21 or something, and I think Haley Cook's at 15 or 16. Um, we have a, – a, a starting five of two. We start uh, two seniors and um, three juniors. So um, you know we they're getting used to each other. You know Terry Terry ended up Weaver ended up leaving us at the beginning of the season, and um, you know the the job was out there posted, and there wasn't. <laughs> there's not just not a whole lot of takers. Of course, you're no stranger to, you know, girls basketball. You, you've coached on, you know, on the uh, grade school levels and kind of worked your way up over the years. Uh, and you kind of touched on one thing, Van being one of the smaller schools uh, in the state. And like you said, you only had like uh, 11 on your roster. Just how much, how tough is that when you get into, you know, a long game to give your players a rest and, and, and go deep into the bench? Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you would think that that would be a hindrance for us. Um, but, you know, we, we've got, um, you know, we're, we're pretty solid, about seven solid. <laughs> so, you know, and, and the ones we have out there, they're, they're, they're pretty in shape. And, and I'll be honest with you, they're the most competitive group of girls I've ever been around. Um, they'll go until they absolutely cannot go anymore. Um, so, and we've got two freshmen that are, are still learning, you know, they, they learn, they're learning the system, they're learning plays, but they're, 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 they play pretty physical, you know, they're, um, they've come along, they've come a long way. And, and, you know, this is a down, down year for us, but next year, um, you know, I, I will, we'll be losing, um, four, four of the 11 are seniors, and next year we pick up nine freshmen so um i think our numbers will be back up a little bit next year as far as um how the game goes i I don't i mean we we play fast-paced the whole time and you know they stay in i mean nobody needs a break they go hard um they want to win i mean i like being around them they're spunky the two and one oh sorry the two and one van bulldogs head to gilmer county uh not gilmer county but head to Glenville State to the Glenville. Waco Center yeah. to take on uh, Gilmer County coming up tomorrow. Coach, always a pleasure. Uh, wish you and your, your ladies the best of luck this season. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, we'll be traveling down to Tulsa, I think, next Thursday to hang out with your buddy Rick. So, uh, <laughs> you, you need to tell Rick that, hello that, because we haven't, we seen, haven't him. seen him this year. Yeah, he's, Y'all haven't seen him? No. no. He's been persona non grata. <laughs>
Well, I will make sure that I tell him that you guys were asking about him. Because <laughs> you hadn't seen him. Uh, uh, we greatly appreciate that and make sure they feed you well in the hospitality room, exactly. too. Because that's a, that's a top-notch <laughs> place there for that. It's real. It was. It's, it's a phenomenal facility. I mean, the girl. We went up Tuesday, and they were nothing but hospitable. I mean, it was. The, the kids really liked it. It was a good experience for them playing, you know, in a big gym and on the big floor. So um, they were a little bit nervous at first. Um, the, you know, the fir- at end of the first quarter, we were down six to eleven. That was the score. Six, like one, two, three, four, five, six. And I said, "Girls, what is up?" They're like, "This is this place is big." I said, "I don't care how big it is." So uh, we, um, Carly ended up putting twenty points up in the second quarter. So after that, I think they 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 got their they found their groove a little bit. So they're excited to go back tomorrow for sure. Good. That's head coach Stephanie LaFouch of the Van Bulldogs. Coach, good luck tomorrow. Hey, thanks a lot. See all y'all right. later. Thank you very much and. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we get another scoreboard update. We've also been trying to follow a couple of trends throughout high school basketball in the early portion of the season, and we'll present those to you when we come back. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, break number two. The show will roll on after this on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. And of course, there's many other ways to listen. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page for the station nearest you. You can watch us on YouTube, Facebook Live, Periscope. Statewide, we're on Sudden Links, Network West Virginia, in the Huntington area. We're on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Cable Digital Channel 204. If you're watching right now, you see a lot of great pictures that you've sent to us, and we want you to send more pics. Send them to us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Of course, you can send them to us by Facebook. And you can send them by email to scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. Give us your best picks of your team and your fans and become a part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. A shout-out to some of our newest followers tonight on Twitter, including Taylor Spratt, Southeastern Ohio Preps, Fittish Live, Blake Landis, they're all part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 
And we welcome you back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, live across the Fast Break Sports Network, all throughout the Mountain State on this 2nd December Friday night, um, the second full week of high school basketball throughout West Virginia. Uh, again, if you want to give us a score, um, you can send that to us at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Uh, you can go to basketballnight.com. Uh, again, find the various ways that you can help us get scores out and how we can get scores to you. You can sign up and get the daily email um, that, that we have all the scores on. We're working on ironing out a couple of kinks on that. It's still early in the season for us, too. And amazing how technology, when you stop using it for like three months, <laughs> stops yeah. working. But we'll, we'll get it all taken care of. And uh, The dust bunnies get in, we, I guess. That's right, yeah. And then we'll get them thoroughly cleaned up. Actually, for the most part, we're, we're adding a lot of things. We're, right. we're actually thinking of more ways to get scores, to get information out to people. It just uh, It's an evolving situation. It is. And, uh, again, we, we enjoy that. We enjoy your pictures, too. Like yeah. If you watch the video stream... Um, either on one of the television channels that we're on or if you watch it online on basketballnight.com or however you access that. You see the pictures from uh, gymnasiums all across West Virginia, some out of state too, uh, when West Virginia teams go there. And it kind of gives you a sense of being able to take you into some of these places that you wouldn't normally get to see. And I was just going to say we're on Facebook now as well, so just about any social media outlet. We're there. Everybody has Facebook. <laughs> it just, it just is. It's just the na- it's, natural thing to have. I it guess. is. So, uh, and you know, we do have our Facebook page up and going this year, and uh, the guys in the back, the folks in the back, I should say, guys and gals, do a tremendous job um, with that. So we just continue to try to be more and more comprehensive as we go along, and um, something that I think that this program does a good job of uh, when I talk about the program I don't mean necessarily the three of us sitting here delivering the program I'm talking about all the information that comes in behind us and that we're able to present to you Um, I I really think that we've made this geographically challenged state of West Virginia a little smaller I think uh, it's because we have a good team behind us absolutely outstanding make us look good right yeah (laughs) well let's not let's not damage the magic of radio too much here you know uh (laughs) but uh we we have a great time bringing you these scores we're going to talk with uh several more coaches and we'll get some players mixed in uh throughout the evening as well just uh a good night for basketball though weather not really a factor after having as much as 14 inches of snow in the Beckley area last weekend uh that cleared up uh, thank it goodness was, it was yeah. downright balmy today into the 50s the last couple of days so um you know a little bit of rain but headed toward a sloppy weekend it's better than snow it is much better than snow <laughs> i wouldn't be i wouldn't wouldn't mind if it only snowed a little bit like the night of the 25th yep and then cleared off about three o'clock that afternoon and then then we never saw anymore until the next one Uh, that's just me but uh we know you're here for scores we've got a bunch to get to tonight let's take another look at our basketball friday night.com marshall university sports journalism scoreboard bill let's turn you loose with the boys score all right first off final from uh up in the uh, northern panhandle wheeling park takes care of martins ferry ohio Final score there was 62-53. Greenbrier West played uh, Charleston Catholic this evening, and uh, the Cavaliers get the win over the Irish 69-57. University Hawks beat John Marshall this evening 78-38. to 
It was uh, Scott falling to Logan, 78-48. Big win for the Wildcats. Midland Trail beats Richwood, 63-58. It was Oak Hill, a winner over Westside, 52-42. Princeton beat Pikeview, 80-45. It was Work County, 52. Ravenswood, 46. Huntington St. Joe, a halftime score over the Sherman Tide, 30-17. Final in the MSAC, South Charleston beats Spring Valley, 99-85. It was Wheeling Central taking care of Magnolia, 92-38. Williamstown beat Ritchie County, 69-53. Third quarter score, Oak Glen leading Lindsley, 60-40. And uh, final, Martinsburg all over Washington this evening, 90 to 29. Five girls scores. All right, taking a look at uh, the girls' scores from across the state in the Petersburg tick-off, uh, tip-off tournament. It was Moorefield knocking off Pendleton County tonight by a score of 65-28. Earlier today in that tournament down at uh, the, the uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes tournament down at West Virginia State Riverview, the Raiders knocked off the Lady Scouts of Scott by a score of 42-39. Another final, Huntington or St. Joe Central knocks off Wyoming East by a score of 80 to 53. It was the Lady Black Eagles of South Charleston winning over a crosstown rival, Coug- uh, the Capital Cougars, by a score of 78 or 74 38. It was Wheeling Park defeating Bel Air, Ohio, 44 37. It was Greater Beckley Christian, the Lady Crusaders, falling to Charleston Catholic Irish. Today by a score of 35-22. The North Marion Huskies winners tonight over East Fairmont 66-41. In overtime, the Philip Barber Colts defeated Grafton by a score of 57-56. In a final, Musselman knocks off Hedgesville 51-46. It was the Lady Golden Tornadoes of Kaiser defeating Frankfurt tonight, 63-54. The Logan Lady Wildcats defeated Tulsa earlier today by a score of 42-37. Buchanan Upshur find themselves winners tonight in the Ioga Tournament, 54-50 over Bridgeport. And it was the Summers County Bobcats knocking off the Lady Cavaliers of Greenbrier West in the Rogers Oil Tournament by a score of 73-28. Here's a check of your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Uh, one of the many teams off to an impressive start this year, the Crusaderettes of Parkersburg Catholic. 4-0 on the season. Um, as a ball club that has really won its games handily to this point. The closest of those four wins was a 15-point victory over Madonna. Joining us now is Marty Veerheller, the head coach of the Crusaderettes. And, uh, coach, couldn't ask for a much better start to the season for your ball club. Well, yeah, that's right. Uh, Ryan, can you hear me okay? Yes. I wanted to make sure uh, we're right back from scouts, so I don't want to uh, put your listeners in a bad spot, but yeah, we're off to a, a really good start. Um, we we had uh, some quality wins against uh, Richie, Tyler, uh, Madonna, and Work County, and uh, and the girls are doing everything that we're asking them to do, them to do, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun so far. Well, tomorrow you take on Wheeling Central, uh, the reigning Class A state champions. So, uh, a lot, as often as going to start as you could imagine. 
tomorrow you really get the test of the litmus test of where you stand in terms of trying to compete for a state title. Yeah, uh, Ryan, you're exactly right. I mean, we have so much respect for uh, Coach Kurtz and uh, and the Wheeling Central program. They they just compete for state championships year in year out. And uh, last year was their year. And uh, we we just felt uh, when we put this year's schedule together that. Uh, we owed it to our girls uh, to uh, beef up our non-conference schedule as much as we could. Um, we have uh, a lot of good teams in the Little Canal Conference, but we wanted to go outside of the conference a little bit, and, and we're, we're uh, competing at uh, Wheeling Central, as you mentioned, tomorrow, and then we go to Tucker County later on in the year, and that's a perennial state tournament team as well. So, you know, we certainly know that if we want to be ready for March, we've got to start preparing for uh, really good, great competition right now, and uh, and tomorrow certainly is a good example of that. Coach, looking at your schedule, uh, we uh, see that you got an event coming up between uh, Christmas and New Year's that uh, those of us who followed uh, women's basketball in the state a long time brings back a lot of good memories, a uh, tournament in honor of Mary Ostrowski. Oh, yeah, exactly, and that's our, that's our marquee event. Um, the, the Mario Cruceterat Classic, we, we actually renamed it, that tournament, uh, the, the Cruceterat Classic. We changed the name to honor Mario a few years ago, and, uh, and rightfully so. You know, Mary really put, as far as we're concerned, put West Virginia girls basketball on the map. Yeah. And, uh, and she certainly, is a, even though she, she passed away a number of years ago, uh, we lost her to, to uh, blood cancer. Um, she still is a, an integral part of our of our family, and uh, we think a lot of the Ostrowskis, and uh, we're hoping that that's a good event for us. It's definitely uh, a name that her name kind of came back up a couple years ago when Pat Summit passed away. Um, Mary O was one of the was an outstanding player at the University of Tennessee, kind of early on in, in Pat Summit's uh, reign there. And, and like you mentioned, she really did put girls basketball on the map within the state of West Virginia, or not only within the state of West Virginia, but carried it beyond the borders. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, Coach, your last game uh, victory over Wirt County, eighty-eight to thirteen. I know Wirt County's got some illness issues right now. They even closed school today because of a, uh, a county-wide situation there. Uh, but that was a work county team that was undefeated. You, you get that win, and something that stuck out to me: uh, your ball club went on a sixty-six to zero run in that game. Yeah, uh, that's true. And you know, before we go any further, um, you know, I, I really have a lot of respect for Coach Hughes and and uh, and the job that he's doing at Work County. And you know, one of the fears that I had. Uh, during that run and during that game was, oh, my goodness, you know, people are going to open the paper in the morning and say, what in the world was Catholic thinking, you know, going up there and running it up on, on Warren County like that. And, and honestly, Coach Hughes was great after the game, and he even mentioned, he said, uh, you know, that basically, you know, this was, this was really something, what you, what you did, and, and he was very classy about it. You know, we, we played everybody that we had, and, and you know, Madeline Huffman is a returning first-team All-Stater. And uh, even though we we scored 88 points, Madeline only had nine points, and and I think that that shows it's 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 really a good example of what kind of team we have. Um, we just have a lot of depth. We're just blessed this year. That's the, that's the word I came up with. I mean, we, we are. This, uh, this is the deepest team I've ever coached, and they're very 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 unselfish. And 
and we we do like to get after it defensively and and uh, yeah it was a, it was a good night for us but it certainly was not done in any kind of way to try to embarrass Wark County at all. I think a lot of times the people who cast such uh, we'll call accusations uh, of that uh, are people who don't go to games and don't think logically about how everyone handles it because sometimes you just look at a score and you draw a conclusion that's not at all the way to uh to go about things in terms of you know blindly decreeing something when you weren't at the game to know how it went that's exactly right yeah that's a, that's a fair assessment for sure and and again coach Hughes thought so too so uh Tim uh, he had a rough week um he he uh, worked played us and then had to turn right around and play Williamstown and that's pretty tough tough week for for work county but they're going to keep getting better and like i said i give them a lot of respect well coach your ball club making the trip to wheeling tomorrow taking on wheeling central marty uh beer heller the head coach of the parkersburg catholic crusaderettes thanks for joining us and best wishes tomorrow and hopefully we get to talk to you a little bit later on in the season as well well i'd love to do that and uh ryan joe bill uh we sure appreciate uh, the opportunity to join your program you guys do a great job and uh, merry christmas to everybody thanks and merry Thank christmas you, to you as well again that's uh marty Veerheller, the head coach of the parkersburg catholic girls basketball team we're going to step aside and take a break we'll have much more as we're just rolling around wrong this is the fastest three hours in radio <laughs> i saved that last week this because I wasn't here for all three hours, but this week it really is. We'll have much more basketball Friday night in West Virginia when we return from break three here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all teams in West Virginia. We send followers an email at 8 a.m. with the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just check the day's scores. We'd like you to become part of the score reporting crew during the week, too. Send us your team scores, and there's many ways you can do that. You can do it by Twitter, text, email, and we'll make that part of our daily Hoops Roundup and part of the show. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can email us at scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Send a text with scores to 304 304- 249-4924 Check it out at basketballnight.com It's the Daily Hoops Roundup Later tonight you'll hear from the first standout athlete of the week If you have someone remarkable on your team For an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work.
This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. We welcome you back to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Happy to have you along with us here as we get set to close out hour number one. We are with you until midnight all across the Fast Break Sports Network throughout the great state of West Virginia. And, um, guys, we, we'll, we'll talk with um, – we've got, we got a guest here in a moment that I'm looking forward to speaking to. Uh, we'll talk with the head coach of the Work County boys team, Chase Mills, in just a moment. I want to go back a little bit to the uh, interview we just had with uh, Marty Beerheller, the head coach of Parkersburg Catholic um, girls basketball, the Crusaderettes, won a 66-0 run in a game earlier this week. I saw them get some flack for that. And Joe, I just I kind of think that's unfair to to cast stones from afar. You know, if you're on a roll, you know, it's all about the win and losses. I mean, yeah, I can I can see it on you know some points. If I was on the other end of the battle, yeah, let's call off the dogs, as the old saying goes. But you know, on the other hand, you know, if your team's performing well and you know it's early in the season, you're trying to get some continuity and 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 learn each other's style and you know what kind of moves they're going to make and where to pass the ball to. So I can understand that you know their side of it as well. And, and Bill, this takes us right back into our poll question from last week about instituting a running running clock. Running clock. Down. We didn't even set a, a score difference because that's no. not the important thing. It's just, should we look at it? And that is our poll question that's still up right now at basketballnight.com. But that's a prime example of why we asked that question. Yeah, and, and, we've, and we've actually looked at other things, too. Um, uh, is run, running clock because of the application to what's done in football. Is, you know, we, but, uh, I mean, there have just also been some applications discussed where you get to a certain point of the game at a certain point margin. It's like, let's just shut it down. And that's another idea. And, uh, you know, we, we still got time to get some uh, thoughts from our fans on that because uh, it is a possibility because we, we are seeing, at least early this season, some of these really lopsided games, and, and they're, they're tough to watch. they, they got to be tough, obviously, to play in. I still think I would prefer the, the clock to run. That way you can get some more right. kids a little extra playing time instead of playing to a sudden stop. But that's just, that's just my opinion. I mean – that's right. That gives your your younger players that experience they need to step up. You know, later in the season or next year, whenever their you know time will come. Work County Boys head coach Chase Mills, kind enough to join us on a day that was an interesting day in Work County because they didn't have school because of widespread illness within the county. Coach Mills, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Apparently, you're doing better than many of the children in Warren County. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they closed the schools down here uh, today, and uh, luckily, our guys, our basketball players, did not. Uh, we didn't have any illness, so I guess we avoided it. Uh, luckily, your, your team is three and one on the season. An impressive win tonight, taking down Ravenswood at home. Yeah, anytime you're playing a Mick Price coach team. It's, it's not going to be easy, and uh, this was a big victory for us. We had not beat them in, in a long time, and and uh, I think the guys were, um, you know, really looking forward to this game after after getting a couple wins to start the year, and uh, we got it done. It was a it was a hard fought win, but uh, I was proud of our kids. So, have your kids been able to completely avoid this bug, or has it just been like just a minimal effect on your team? We <laughs> get very minimal. We did. We had I think two kids that, that missed. And uh, we just told them, you know, stay, stay away and stay home and get better and, and come back. But uh, luckily, like I said, it's, 
it's not hit us uh, too too bad. I can just see him with vitamin C drops on the bench right now, just to try to avoid getting anything. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, uh, oh yeah, they, they suck it, OJ down. We, we sanit- yeah, we sanitize the gym, and they, they sanitize the, the whole school with with all that stuff. So it's hopefully prepared for for Monday, and, and hopefully we won't have a whole lot of that going on anymore. Coach, you're uh, you're two and one, uh, off to a fairly good start. And like you said, you had a you know big game there in Ravenswood. But uh, just looking down the road, you know you've got the the Word Holiday Tournament coming up, and and then after the first of the year, you get right back into the things with Ritchie County, Wood County. Uh, are you pleased with the schedule and you know your team to this point? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that we do play, in my opinion, in the toughest. Uh, toughest league or least division in the in the state as far as single-way basketball goes. I mean, it's, you know, Parkersburg Catholic, Williamstown, Ravenswood, St. Mary's, Tyler Consolidated, uh, us and Richie, and I think that, you know, especially at the top, it's every year it's, it's tough, you know, but uh, I like our schedule. I think we've got it to, to where our basketball team is, is much more competitive than we have been the last two years, and uh, we're looking forward to, to playing in, in the conference again, but we know that there's uh, no easy game, and you gotta you got to bring your best each night. Well, Coach, as you're building a program, and, and this is this is uh, philosophical speech here, but uh, when you're building a program and you're making your schedule, you've already got tough games built into the LKC, but um, when you're looking to fill the other games, how do you find the balance between finding teams that you're going to be competitive with? I'm talking about while you're in the building process. You're very good right now. But... Um, Finding teams you're just competitive with versus playing the absolute best teams when maybe you're not ready for that type of uh, caliber of opponent. Yeah, I mean, um, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't quite go and say that, that we're really good yet, but I think we're getting better. But uh, you know, I think that uh, I think that when we when you build that schedule, I, we, we obviously look at at teams that are in our area, or in our you know, that are local to to us and, and, and at our level and, and things of that nature, I guess, but. Um, you know, we we've, we've uh, we play Gilmer County and, and Calhoun County as well, but they're on the other side of the, the division that we don't necessarily have to play. But we, we play them because that's the, you know they're old rivals and things like that. But you know, I think we look more you know teams that are fairly close that that um, you know are, are on the same level as us uh, when, when we're looking at those other games. And, and also, you know, we you know we want to as as we keep improving, I, we'll, we'll want to you know continue to to schedule tougher teams outside that, you know, maybe even statewide eventually. Well, yeah, that, that is true. But you, as you mentioned, uh, you are blessed with the fact that there are so many good single-A schools around it. Obviously, you're playing in the LKC, which is a outstanding conference, and so you're not having to travel hither and yon to try to find opposition. you got a lot of folks just right in your backyard that you compete with and, and can get good games with. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's right. Um, so, you know, it's it's a good area of the state for basketball, and you know, I think it just keeps improving. So, um, we, we've got to do everything we can um, at, at our school to to try to to try to keep up with the rest. And um, like I said, it's in the LKC West, especially. It's there's there's, there's no easy game. Work County Tigers are three and one, and will take on Hannon on Monday. Coach Chase Mills, thanks so much for joining us, and we certainly hope that you were able to avoid the bug. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, and that's a that's a very nice win for them tonight, guys. Over Ravenswood, a team that is a perennial um, state tournament team, team, sometimes a state championship caliber team. Right. Um, Mick Price does a fantastic job there, as we all know. One of the 
uh, great spokespeople for basketball in the state of West Virginia. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's a that's a very nice win for Work County. I think he Absolutely. kind of was kind of understating yeah. it. There. It's been a long. You, you time. can hear the the excitement in his voice. Yeah, you know? as he should. I mean, that, that, exactly. Yeah, that's a fantastic win. Yeah, I mean, that, that's like beating if you were back in the. Early seventies, knocking off John Wooden yeah. or Adolph Rupp. You know, that, I mean, that's the way Mick Price is, and Mick Price is seen around the state of West Virginia as one of the legendary coaches in the state, still out there doing it. All right. And uh, again, Work County gets the win tonight over Ravenswood. So uh, fantastic uh, start to the season for them. And uh, sometimes that I'm telling you that the, the hopefully they are able to contain whatever has stricken. The uh, area around Elizabeth, West Virginia, there and around Work County, and, and hold it there. But guys, we've seen this for several years now. When the when the illness goes through, man, it, it can have a number on your basketball teams and just right. your day to day life for uh, you know a week at a time. Yeah, it can wipe wipe your team out. I mean, if somebody on the team contracts it, yeah. bring it to practice, man, the next day, you know, you you may not have anybody show up for practice yeah. or a game. And it's really tough in smaller schools too. Yeah, and it's real it, tough. It's amazing because I remember when when we were growing up, we being me, um, <laughs> that. Uh, I don't remember when you all grew up falling around that. But no, I'm just playing. But uh, you went to practice if you could physically go. All right. And now it's like, no, you should probably stay home. Right. <laughs> Pay coaches have a different perspective of it. Yeah, it's just uh, part of the evolution, I guess you could say, of uh, the way things are handled um, within school and within sport. Always a good time, though, to, to talk about how that is. Hey, one hour in the books already. Wow. Two more to go. When we come back, Matt Miller, WRNR, will talk about Martinsburg and Washington boys game. We'll also talk to our resident referee, Bo Anderson, sometime. And then uh, <laughs> from WVOW and Logan, James Barker had the Logan-Scott boys game. So we'll talk with him. All of that and much more as we move toward Hour 2 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including our newest affiliates tonight, We Rock West Virginia Louder, 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. 103.7 FM, Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106. WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox. WBES, Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM. WVLW in Logan, Light Rock, 93R. WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 
102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton. The greatest oldies of all time. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP. Edmund Beckley. Tune for you. Yap Radio 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay. And Marshall University's flagship station. 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. We welcome you back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Lindell. Happy to have you along as we begin our second hour of the program. We are with you until midnight all across the Fast Break Sports Network. And, um, you know, guys, we, we'll, we'll get into the, another scoreboard in just a moment, but our, our call queue is already starting to back up again. And uh, we certainly appreciate getting to talk to all the good folks out there who cover games on a nightly basis, and especially talk about what they've seen uh, when we get the opportunity to speak with them on Friday nights. And uh, it's always a pleasure to, to kind of get to talk with the people on the front lines, be it media people who cover it, be it coaches, be it players. and Or resident res- referees. Yeah, he can <laughs> wait. But uh, eh, we'll get him in a minute. But wow. actually, I, I have a good question for Bo. I All think right. it's a good question. Anyway, I, I ran across this. It happened a few years ago. But a fascinating thing happened in an Arizona basketball game and i'll just leave it at that in a high school game in arizona i can see his little brain just you know clicking away it involved winslow no one was standing on the corner in winslow arizona but uh still uh we'll we'll talk about that much more uh later on in this hour right now uh, i want to go to matt miller wrnr martinsburg picked up a 90 to 29 victory tonight over the washington patriots in boys basketball and uh matt the Bulldogs, uh, all they do is win. Oh, they've certainly gotten off to a nice start to the season with a win last night at Loudoun Valley and then backing that up with a win tonight at home against Washington. Uh, the Bulldogs, uh, one of those schools that are you know fortunate enough to have the problem of a couple of athletes perhaps playing football and being delayed and getting to come out for basketball, but um, at this point it seems seems to be going uh the Bulldogs seem to be going full strength yeah they certainly are and those guys are all back they've had their practices and have had an opportunity to you know be on the basketball court uh without having any delay uh the the biggest delay in talking with head coach Dave Rogers is that you know the guys that aren't on the football team you know kind of get in the gym for a lot longer they begin to develop a little bit of a rhythm and then it's you know getting the guys from the football team then into that mix and figuring out some of those rotations Grant Harmon had 21 21- 
points in yesterday's win against Loudoun Valley. Didn't need to score as much tonight, and he finished with four points as Anthony Smith, who uh, went for 12 last night, just a sophomore. The guard led the way tonight with 18 points. And so uh, in these first two games, it's kind of been some different guys that have stepped up. Teddy Marshall's been very solid. He scored seven last night, eight tonight. Another one of those football guys. And, you know, Anthony Smith, another one of those football guys as well. Interesting schedule for Martinsburg from the standpoint of, uh, you know, game yesterday, game tonight. And based on the schedule that we have, by all means, help us if we're wrong here, we have them going two weeks without a basketball game. But isn't there a trip well, in there? Yeah, that's it. There is a trip in there. Um, I know talking with Coach Rogers before last night's game that you know he he was really hoping that they could have played Loudoun Valley at a different time, but it seemed to be the only time they could fit that game in, so they went back-to-back to open the season. Next up for Martinsburg, they're actually headed to Hilton Head, South Carolina. There's an eight-team tournament there at Hilton Head High School called the Seahawk Holiday Classic. There'll be teams from six different states that will be participating, and Martinsburg will play next Friday, Saturday, and actually on Sunday before then coming home on Christmas Eve. Well, that should be a lot of fun. It's it just it's a, it's been a great time to be a Martinsburg Bulldog fan. Yeah, and then they follow that up with the uh, Skip Fowler tournament. So you know they pretty much finish out their 2018 part of the schedule in tournaments. Yes, uh, they'll be hosting that tournament the 28th and 29th. And so uh, they played back-to-back here, get a little bit of time off, then three straight, a little bit of time off, and then back-to-back games again. Matt Miller, WRNR in Martinsburg. Always a pleasure. Thanks. All right. And uh, another one of the good people in radio, I was able to do some work for WRNR over the summer. And uh, Matt and company, first class, very helpful and um Enjoyed uh, getting to call Little League Baseball. Yeah. Okay. For, for State, State Little League Tournament. Yep. For Jefferson County Little League. Yep. All right. Uh, it was here in in the Huntington area, so uh, able to do that and get the games back on WRNR. That's right. Pay me, I'll work for you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But uh, no, they they are, they are fantastic to work with too. Um, we'll get our scoreboard in at just a moment. I want to go right back to the phone lines, though. James Barker, WVOW, and uh, Logan defeats Scott tonight. And the Wildcats could not ask for a much better start to the season. Yeah, they're playing really good right now, Ron. And uh, happy holidays to you guys. Hope everything's going very well in the uh, Friday night studio. Uh, But, you know, Logan, uh, right now, just firing on all cylinders, and, and, and really the defense has been the story to start the season. I know that David Early is going to get a lot of publicity, and now with with Drew Hatfield in the mix as well, they get a lot of publicity, but it's really been Chucky Felder that has jump-started these first three games for the Wildcats on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, it's been, been fun to watch them score the basketball much like the Wildcats of old. Yeah, tonight it looked like Logan. Uh, I got to you know watch quite a bit of the game, but it looked like Logan just took Skyhawks' game plan right out of the mix. Yeah, and, and you're right there. They, they did, and it started with, like I said, on the defensive end. But really, the offensive glass for the Wildcats was was an important part of the game plan as well. As you had uh, Noah Cook getting a lot of offensive rebounds as a guard, and then Peter No on the inside, the six eleven senior. For the Wildcats had a lot of rebounds tonight as he 
he fought with Hunter Atkins all night long in the paint. Uh, so, so Logan playing really good basketball right now, and then Zach Green must have been a really good boy for Santa Claus this year because he found a great present with Drew Hatfield underneath his Christmas tree. <laughs> and uh, Logan with a 78-48 to 48 victory tonight, a 30-point win over Scott, who was undefeated coming into this game. And, you know, the old moniker around Logan that goes back to basically the beginning of time when it comes to basketball, <laughs> the running Wildcats. All right. I kind of got away from that a year ago. They're a very slow and methodical team uh, with the ball. But this year, again, defense turning into offense is what creates high-scoring games. And uh, James certainly seems like uh, they've put more effort, I won't say more effort, but they're able to use their defense to get easy buckets. Yeah, and they have a plethora of athletes at their disposal. You know, Chucky Felder, a great football player, uh, but he has played with so much more confidence this season, not only on the defensive side of the ball, but the offensive side of the ball as well. And, and really, when, when you watch them defensively, they are jumping passing lanes. They are trapping anywhere on the court. And, and right now, Zach Green really has his team believing in that defensive style of play. And, you know, they're averaging almost uh, 85 points a game right now uh, their, in their first three games of the season. Um, you know their their schedule will get a little bit tougher as they move on into the later December and January, but you know right now uh, Logan playing really really well. David Early finishing 32 points tonight, and that's unofficial because sometimes I can't even count that high. So, so David <laughs> Early just phenomenal tonight. James, no rest for the weary because next week right back another uh, big card, little conference showdown with. Mingo Central over at uh, at Mingo Central up on the up on the mountain there, and uh, although uh, they don't have Jeremy Dillon anymore, and uh, some folks might think they're a little bit down, uh, still a good rival game. I mean, Lo- Logan's got a lot of rival games, like just like with Chapmanville and and Man, but this is another one that's turning a good rivalry. Yeah, and this is a team that Logan has struggled with in the in the recent years. Obviously, maybe the talent not the same at Mingo Central because. Because of that, but at the same time, this is a, a game that uh, a lot of people always circle on their calendar in Logan, and uh, it'll be interesting to see the uh, homecoming of sorts for for Drew Hatfield, who, yeah. um, as you guys well know, was enrolled there just a, just a month ago. Yeah, played played football there on a Saturday and enrolled at Logan on Monday. Well, Monday was Veterans Day. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday. Certainly, have seen a whole lot of that around the region. Um, across the city as well. James Barker, WVOW Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, guys. Thank you. Have a happy holidays, and uh, we'll talk to you here soon. Thanks. You too as well. Always a pleasure to catch up with James. And we'll get to our resident referee in a few moments, but right now it's time for another Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. <laughs> I love it when I trickle. Joe, you got the girls scores. Take a look at some scores from across the state in a final from the Rogers Oil <coughs> Tournament tournament. Pocahontas County goes 3-0 as they knock off Webster County 68-15. It was Ritchie County, the Lady Rebels over the Lady Hawks of South Harrison 46-36. And a final, Charleston Catholic, the Lady Irish knocked off Greater Beckley Christian 35-32. It was North Marion, the Lady Huskies, over East Fairmont, 66-41.
and a game that went to overtime. Philip Barber over Grafton, 57-56. Musselman knocked off Hedgesville tonight, 51-46. It was Kaiser over the Lady Falcons of Frankfurt, 63-54. The Lady Wildcats of Logan also victorious today as they knocked off the Lady Tulsa Rebels, 42-37. Petersburg, the Vikings over the Union Tigers, 60-12. And another game in that uh, Ioga Girls Tournament, it was Buckhannon Upshur, the Lady Buccaneers, over Bridgeport, 54-50. Summers County, the Lady Bobcats, over Greenbrier West, 73-28. That was in the Rogers Oil Tournament. And it was the Indian Creek Ohio Redskins knocking off Oak Glen today by a score of 60-44. Ryan? Checking the boys' scores throughout the state of West Virginia tonight, and there are a lot of them, so let's jump right in. It was East Fairmont defeating Kaiser tonight, 65-61. James Monroe at the half with a 54-10 lead over Narrows, Virginia. Hedgesville is 3-0. The Eagles defeat Heritage Academy, Maryland, 64-53. Bluefield is 2-0 after a 73-28 victory over Mountain View. East Hardy defeats Moorfield tonight in the Battle of Hardy County. That's right. They do it every week. (laughs) Boys and girls on Friday. Got to love that. Uh, East Hardy gets the win tonight, 72-59. First win of the season for the Cougars. Also, in boys high school basketball tonight, in the IOGA boys consolation game for the single-A division, Nicholas County, who is double-A, defeated Tucker County, 82-74. Fantastic high-scoring game there. Also tonight, Nitro defeats Herbert Hoover 53-28. Wheeling Park opens its season with a 60-53 victory over Martins Ferry, Ohio. The Purple Riders, one of the more interesting nicknames throughout the uh, region. Also, Greenbrier West, the Cavaliers defeat Charleston Catholic tonight 69-57. Webster County is 2-0. The Highlanders defeat Clay County 95-47. It was Greenbrier East picking up a 56-54 Home win, big win for Bimbo Cole's program over Beckley tonight. Very big win for the Spartans in Fairleigh. University defeats John Marshall tonight, 78-38. The Hawks are 2-0. Also, it was Logan, 78. Scott, 48. Wildcats, 3-0. Midland Trail opens its season with a 63-58 victory over Richwood. It was Oak Hill going to 2-0 with a 52-42 victory over Westside. Winfield wins a squeaker. First win of the season for the Generals, and it comes at the expense of county rival Polka. The Generals get the win tonight, 51-49. It was Princeton defeating Pikeview, 80-45. Work County defeats Ravenswood, 52-46. The Irish of Huntington-St. Joe defeat Sherman, 70-39. It was South Charleston picking up a 99-85 victory over Spring Valley. Wheeling Central defeats Magnolia 92-38. Williamstown picks up a 69-53 victory over Ritchie County. Blue Ridge Academy, Virginia defeats Parkersburg South 72-68. The Oakland Golden Bears are undefeated at 3-0 with a 77-49 victory over Lindsley. And Martinsburg defeats Washington 90-29. That is a check of your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. That South Charleston Spring Valley game, man, that must have been some run and gun offense. It was, uh, but uh, 
again, we'll, we really don't know a lot about Spring Valley because, again, they're, they have guys that are football guys that still have not played yet. Uh, probably get their chance next week. Uh, Woodrow Wilson comes to Spring Valley on Tuesday night, and that's where you might see a, a full team. Uh, big win tonight for the for, uh, for uh, Greenbrier East and for Bimbo Coles. Uh, Woodrow has owned that series in recent years, and so, I mean, that one stands out to me so far tonight on the boys' side. Certainly uh, one of the games that, that, that's, that stuck out to all of us, and, and that was a uh... – uh, a big win for the Spartans, and of course with a new coach after Jim Justice <laughs> relinquished the uh, he boys probably team. really didn't step down; he just stepped aside. <laughs> yeah, and and you better believe that the governor is probably very still involved with that basketball Guaranteed. team. If he's not coaching it, he's keeping up very very close tabs on it. So uh, big win tonight, though, for the Spartans over the governor's alma mater, Woodrow Wilson. Wilson. How about that? We're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, may or may not join us. He's on hold. <laughs> we'll see. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is high school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with the combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the Thundering Herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind player stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for joining us. Many, many platforms that you can watch and listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Of course, we're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page for the station nearest you. You can also watch us in high-definition video on YouTube, Facebook Live, Periscope. On cable, we're on Suddenlinks Network West Virginia Statewide in Huntington, Comcast Channel 25, and also Armstrong Digital Channel 204. And we want you to send us your picks from your games and your fans. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. Welcome you back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
all across the Fast Break Sports Network. Happy to have you along on this December 14th, 2018. It's 10:19 on the program. Let's go back to the phones. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, has been waiting for long enough. I'm standing on a Bo Anderson, welcome to the program. Well, you know, I'm listening to it as I come down through there, and I keep hearing these little digs like, well, maybe we'll get him in an hour, or maybe we'll get him in 20 minutes, or we might get him before the show's over. So I, I just kind of patiently sit back and enjoy myself. I think this is probably the earliest he's ever been on, isn't it? <laughs> I tell you what, you guys got me in good tonight. I believe it is the earliest I've been on, and I'm actually getting on before I usually I eat and then get on, but I actually haven't got the place to eat yet, so <laughs> made it better. So you're on the road and had a game tonight, I presume. Yes, yes, I was in Ohio tonight. I had uh, I had uh, Mags at uh, Alexander tonight. Uh, that was where I was at tonight in Alexander, Ohio. Ironically, I'll see the Meg's girls basketball team tomorrow. They play at Wayne tomorrow night. Small little world. Yes, I, I, actually, one of the, one of the, one of the uh, people from Meg said that they had to travel to Wayne tomorrow night. So, yeah, yep, that's exactly right. Well, looking forward to that. All right. Uh, before I bring the question to you of something that happened um, uh, earlier this week in Arizona, I just want to ask you uh, in advance anything that you've seen in the past week that was maybe just a little bit um different or something that you see very rarely that the fan manual doesn't cover (laughs) no not not really anything odd yet um just um you know pretty much the the basic uh stuff i did have the guy asked me a question that he had saw a game so i'll just kind of cover this um Talk about a play here. Talk about a kid getting fouled and going to the foul line to shoot. So let's say uh, team A's on the foul line to shoot and team B is not in the lower blocks. Like they're supposed to have the two first lane space. They're supposed to be. That's the only requirement is those two to be there. Um, so I had to ask him what the situation was. Well, the, the, the players were over there huddling uh, with their coach. All right, so we had three ways to look at this. One is, in that scenario, we would order them to get two people in on the blocks because that is the only requirement besides the shooter. And if they did not do so, then we would have a technical foul uh, for delay, you know, for delay. Now, the second thing that could have happened, I said, well, there's three things that could have happened, so I have to know the scenario. If they were huddling inside the lane of two or more players, then we would have a delay of game warning. And then the next time they did any of the four delays that I've talked about before, it would be a technical foul. And then the last scenario of that would be after a timeout, then you use what we call the resumption of play procedure where you would give the ball to the shooter and the shooter misses. He gets another shot because those two are not on the bottom blocks like they're supposed to be. And if they delay any further during that timeout interval, then that's a technical foul. So there was three scenarios there. I had to know which one because there's three situations you could have, and that, that, that's the rule. And the other thing I'll mention to you on a side note, not, not about rules, but I want to mention this last program, and I know it's run out of time a little bit. Uh, our association, River Cities, 
uh, inducted four guys into our first Hall of Fame class. We started a Hall of Fame class for our officials, and I would like to mention the four names uh, who got inducted. Uh, one is still officiating. It's Bobby Sparks. Uh, then we had Raymond and Larry Jordan both got inducted. They're both still living, and, and uh, they don't officiate anymore. And then we had uh, one deceased that we put in there, and that was Claude Miller. And I know uh, Billy, I'm sure, would know all those guys. And, uh, you know, Ryan, you might have known. Uh, I know you know Bobby, but you might have known a few. But I just wanted to give a, uh, you know, congratulations uh, on our first class. That's a great class there. And, you, you, of course, Bobby is still a outstanding official, works state tournaments uh, quite a bit, and uh, the Jordan brothers are legendary in the Huntington area as far as high school basketball. Uh, and, uh, of course, Claude Miller was, uh, a lot of people know Claude from uh, his years as the head football coach at the old Huntington High. And But uh, he was also an outstanding basketball official. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to mention those names and also want to send out a condolence that I didn't get to. Um, we had a former official pass away uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, who has been retired for several years, but Billy, you'll know who he is, and Ryan Mike, uh, a guy by the name of Larry Arthur. So I want to send my yeah. condolences on behalf of our association to Larry Arthur, who passed away a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was growing up, I'd see him do uh, several games um, when he'd roll through Wayne to on you know Tuesdays and Friday nights when basketball was much more regimented on his days of the week but uh, moving back in, okay here's a question for you and I don't think that there's necessarily anything I don't know if this is covered in a rule book per se this is just kind of a common sense thing but Flagstaff High School and Winslow High School were playing in the Pepsi Holiday Tournament Championship game on Saturday in Flagstaff Arizona and they realized with four seconds left in the first half that these two outstanding girls basketball teams have been using a boys ball the entire half. What do you do? And I, again, look, we laugh, but once they move the girls' season to be with the boys' season, there's a lot of overlap. You have to keep an eye on things. Well, absolutely, Ryan, and I will go ahead and add to that um, about – in probably about 10 years ago, Ryan, they played the first half of a boys' state tournament in Ohio with the girls' basketball. <laughs> now, my first question was in the state tournament is, why is there a girls' basketball there to start with? Because they are separate weeks. Uh, but, you know, it's, I don't know. The officials should have caught it. On the girls' basketballs, they do have the dimensions of 28.5. Now, they don't on the boys' ball. But on the girls' ball, they do. But they end up getting a boys' ball, you know, just like you would have to do there. Hopefully somebody's got a boys' basketball that they can play with, and we would have to just move on from there. But, you know, it's amazing that especially the guys, you know, usually having bigger hands would not recognize that they can grip that ball a little bit better. Yeah, it's just uh, – that was one of those I was like, I'm surprised I haven't seen that happen a little bit more almost. Well, it almost well, it didn't happen in our game, but a couple of years ago, there was a girls game played before the boys game, and they left the girls game on in whenever uh, one of my partners was going over to check the ball and stuff. He said, "Wait a minute, this ain't the right basketball." And 
we got to find the boys' ball. They had actually left the girls' ball at the scores table from the game that happened. So we have to watch it when they have those double headers and one group's working the girls' game and the other group's working a boys' game. So we have to, you know, we have to be careful on that because we can start the game with the wrong ball, but we hope not to. We hope we get a feel for that beforehand. <laughs> you know, you'd think one of the players would catch it. You know, you're out there on the floor. You, it would have to feel a little bit different. Well, you know, especially, you know, I can understand it in, when there's double headers, Joe, but especially in the state tournament, which it did happen in Ohio, they played the whole first half, and I was thinking, man, them guys have got to feel like they're a little bit, their hands has grown a little bit or something. <laughs> That's just uh yeah, it's one of those things that you, you maybe wouldn't think about. It can happen. And, uh, you know, now that we say that, 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 it will happen in West Virginia within like a week, just somewhere. <laughs> and probably no one will admit to it. It'll be a game that's not covered by the paper, so we'll never know about it. But Some, Somebody heard us talking about it. I just sneak it's one not in. my game. That's, <laughs> it's just it's not my game. That's all <laughs> Bo Anderson, our resident referee, thanks so much for joining us. And thanks, and, and thanks for having a good sense of humor to play along with us. That's why we get you uh, on the show early tonight. And, but and next week we don't know. And go get some supper. Hey, hey, you know, guys, you know, I, again, and I say this every year, and I just told the church tonight uh, about a call that one of my partners made. And like I said, look, pencils have racers. Uh, if they didn't, then we would be perfect. So, you know, I enjoy it, and I want everybody to feel that basketball officials are human beings. And we enjoy stuff just like anybody else does. And, uh, you know, I enjoy the show, and, yeah, you guys are great, and, and I appreciate it. I'll talk to you next Friday night, I'm sure. Thanks so much. That's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Always uh, glad to hear from Bo and always uh, appreciative of him to take his time and to uh, help us learn about some of the finer things. He's always got a different perspective on the game. Yeah. You know, when you think you've covered them all. An he... official with a different perspective on the game. <laughs> Who would have thought it? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I, look. There is, a, there is a shortage of officials throughout the state, and that's been a problem that's been kind of growing. It's a growing problem. We've gotten further and further along now. There are more people. I mean, I, I hate to say it. You go to these games, and the officials tend to be older yeah. people, and these, mm-hmm. they need to retire and at some point, and there's it. no one to fill in for them, so they're still having to work. Yeah, both talked about that, the fact that they need – Young guys to step up, uh, start working in your youth league, start working uh, JV games in high school, and and work your way up the ladder because we need you. And uh, and the reason a lot of these guys and ladies are hesitant to to move up is because of the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, they get heckled during games. Too much and, abuse. Exactly. You know, that's where they need to blow the whistle and call a little uh, tea, yeah, a little just, technical. Yeah. Treat, treat them with respect. Exactly. And almost almost, 99.999% of the time, they'll treat you the way you treat them. Exactly. So just, uh, I don't know, just kind of a random little aside there. Yeah. Let's step aside and take a break. When we come back, Wes McKinney, WAEY, at the Princeton win tonight over Pike View. We'll also have Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. Patriots lose a tough game in boys basketball tonight at Parkersburg South. We'll talk with both of those guys when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local teams and their progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or in great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that's called, sit, text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game. Call toll-free 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Text the show 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. A shout out to some of our newest followers on Twitter tonight, including Taylor Spratt, SC Athletics, Southeastern Ohio Preps, Mary Beth Idleton, Alan Robinson, and Andy Lett. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Join us tonight. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. Halfway through the week two edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. It's 1033 on the program. Ryan Epling alongside Bill Cornwall and Joe Linville. Happy to have you with us as always. We've got a lot to get in here in a short time. So let's jump right back to the phone lines. Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y in Princeton. Had the call of the Princeton Pikeview boys basketball game tonight. And uh, Wes, the Tigers pick up their second win of the season. Third win of the season. Sorry, I'm, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, third win. No, 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 it's all good. It's all good. Uh, yeah, Princeton uh, really made it look easy tonight, guys. They jumped out on double-A Pikeview, who in reality they are struggling a little bit this year, still trying to rebuild uh, down here in Gardner. Princeton jumps out 26-4 to on the Panthers in the first quarter. They are up uh, by 22, 24 at halftime, 43-19. Now that's uh, – I can't do math. Anyway, they're up, <laughs> they're up 43-19 at halftime. Um, and then they cruise to that 35-point win of 80 to 45, and, and obviously it's good. It's good for Princeton in more than one way because it's Princeton's holiday tournament down here in Mercer County this weekend. So you at least want to make sure you get to your own championship game uh, each year. And Princeton has done that, and, and every year I've been doing this, which makes uh, year number six now. So uh, Tigers going to get a chance tomorrow night. To, to put a feather in their cap, they, they're they going to get Bluefield, who rolled by Mountain View easily tonight, won by almost the same same exact margin that Princeton did. So a couple of uh, heavyweights tomorrow night down here in the Princeton Christmas tournament. And, you know, I, I hope Princeton notices that uh, Greenbrier East went on the road, or I'm um, sorry, Greenbrier East won at home tonight over Woodrow Wilson. So a big statement win 
in the section being made by Greenbrier East tonight. So hopefully Princeton can do the same against Bluefield tomorrow night and get that state win. Battle of Southern Mercer County tomorrow with Princeton and Bluefield, and that's always uh, a fun game. There's, uh, I mean, if you've been through there, if you haven't been through there, Princeton and Bluefield are about eight miles apart on four-lane highway of uh, Route 460. Easy trip uh, into there. And um, well, so that should be a, a fantastic environment tomorrow. Yeah, it should be. I mean, it was, a, it was a packed house tonight for the Bluefield Mountain View game, which preceded Princeton and, and Pikeview, and then uh, a big, and then a, a, almost an equally as big crowd for the late game there before it got out of hand late. But I'm expecting, you know, the gym to be uh, packed to capacity uh, tomorrow night. So, you know, if you're listening to the show, you're in southern West Virginia here and you don't have anything to do tomorrow night, uh, it's going to be about a 7.45 tip-off. 20 minutes after the first game ends, it'll be uh, it'll be – Princeton and Bluefield, and, and like you said, Ron, a great rivalry down here. Bluefield not quite at full strength yet. Uh, they had uh, two or three guys still coming back uh, from their football team that went to the state championship game, of course, and then uh, they're also missing a couple of guys to injury. So Bluefield not quite at full strength, but that doesn't really mean a whole lot to them. They got the, the, the Sean Martin kid that you know has, has those football offers out on the table. He was he was available tonight for Bluefield. They got a sharpshooter by the name of Braden Cruz who uh, who had uh, a few three-pointers tonight against Mount View. So Princeton's going to get tested tomorrow night. And uh, what's going to be interesting to see is early here in the season, Princeton's been wanting to get up and down the floor a lot. They forced 25 turnovers against Pikeview tonight. But I think Princeton's going to have to watch themselves a little bit tomorrow night because Bluefield is just, is just or probably more athletic Van Princeton, so Tigers can't get caught in the trap of trying to run up and down with the Beavers tomorrow night. Should be an excellent ball game. Wes McKinney, go enjoy that game tomorrow night. Will do, will do, and uh, guys, all I did, I'm just trying to get on base for Eric Little to knock me in here, so. <laughs> well, we're going to throw a wrench in that because we're going to throw a pinch hitter in between. How's that? Oh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y in Princeton. Thanks so much, and uh, certainly look forward to talking to Wes again next week, and he he teed it up for Eric, and unfortunately, Eric's going to have to wait one more call. We have to get uh, a call in real quick. Luke Creasy, who is on his way back to the studio tonight where he will have uh, our standout athlete of the week profile in our next hour, currently still working his way back. Uh, he doesn't get the chopper like I did. <laughs> I know. He has he, to drive. He covered the Tulsa-Logan girls game tonight. Great ball game tonight. Logan had just a little bit, um, a little bit too much for the Rebels tonight. Yeah, Ryan, you're right. Uh, both teams were perfect coming into the contest, and uh, really a, a very physical matchup uh, between the Rebels and the Lady Wildcats, and it came down to the final few seconds. Uh, there were a, a couple different times there in the second half where Logan had built up a, a double-digit lead and led it by as many as 10, but uh, the Rebels kept fighting back. Uh, uh, Kylie Pollinger hit a couple of threes within the final minute of the game to pull it within one possession, it was 40 to 37 with about 20 seconds left. And that's when uh, freshman for the Logan Wildcats, Peyton Il- Ilberton, sorry, Peyton Ilberton, a freshman for Logan, uh, knocked in a pair of free throws. She was four for five in that fourth quarter. And that's the only points that Logan scored. No field goals made uh, from the floor uh, for Logan. But they pull out with the win 42 to 37 over uh, the Tulsa Lady Rebels and hand the Rebels the first loss of the year, and the Wildcats stay perfect. 
Tulsa now 5-1 and one on the season. Luke, thanks so much. We'll see you in a few minutes. Thank you. See you guys soon. All right, and uh, big thanks to uh, Luke pulling double duty for us tonight. We'll do the school board adjustment. Let's just go right back to the phone line to Eric Little. And uh, unfortunately, we interrupted the, nat- the natural <laughs> flow of Wes McKinney into Eric Little uh, on the program. And as soon as we can, there he is, Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. Eric, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, thanks, guys. And I can drive in runs with two outs just as easy as I can with one out. It doesn't really matter to me. I mean, Hey. I can, you, you can put somebody between Wes and I in, and I'll knock them home. It's all right. Hey, it's just more RBI opportunities for you. Hey, good ball game tonight. Uh, Parkersburg South comes up a little bit short against um, – just a second here. I had Blue it. Ridge, it, went right on, it went right through the Blue Ridge uh, <laughs> Academy, Virginia, yes. And uh, that game was uh, a tight game. And uh, Parkersburg South came up a little bit short, but at the same time, that's a good game for, uh, for the Patriots. Yeah, and, you know, to kind of go back to what Wes said about the Princeton Holiday Tournament, Parkersburg South mentality going into their own holiday tournament is actually 180-degree opposite. You know, they don't not, – not saying that other teams and other tournaments bring in necessarily three chumps and, you know, stick a trophy in their trophy case because you'd obviously like to win your own tournament. But at the same time, uh, South does a good job to bring in three really good teams – and if they win their tournament, so be it. If they don't win, then at least they played a couple of really good teams. And one of those tonight, in the form of Blue Ridge School, uh, they were down 10 in the first half before Seth Fallon's personal 9-0 run. He knocked down three threes uh, in that 9-0 run. He would hit four threes in the game and finish with a team-best 18 points. Uh, but 10 was the biggest lead the Blue Ridge got. South fell behind a couple times in the second half by as many as six, but there really were a lot of positives in this game. Um, Fallon found Malachi Sylvia underneath the basket. Sylvia, a junior, who really came on off the bench for South in the last six to eight games of last season, played some valuable minutes for them off the bench, and he's going to be a key contributor for this team this season. Uh, they've only returned, they only returned two starters in Fallon and Braden Mooney, uh, who will be somewhat limited because of a football injury. Actually um, hurt his MCL in South's playoff game this year in football. So he's somewhat limited, though he did start and play tonight. So Fallon shouldering the load, Malachi Sylvia looks very capable. But it's a team that held tough with a team that uh, I'm not sure a lot of people, or at least Mike Fallon didn't think a lot of people thought that they would hang tough with. Fallon told me in the postgame show, uh, yeah, people were saying we'd lose this one by 25 or 30, and I'm not sure who he was referring to necessarily. But they didn't do anything of the sort tonight. They held in there against a a team that was bigger than them. They had uh, a definite size advantage. The South has more size this year than they've had in past years. And uh, they, they really didn't out-physical the Patriots either. The Patriots uh, lacked some on the offensive glass, but it wasn't as a result of physicality, for sure. So Parkersburg South falls in that tournament game. And, uh, again, just, um, yeah, I like that when they, when they host that tournament, they, like you said, it's not just that they bring in three good opponents. They don't care if they don't win the tournament from a standpoint of, hey, we'll play, we'll play whomever. On the first game, instead of trying to pick a game uh, for them. So I, I like that, and that doesn't surprise me because Parkersburg South is one of the programs in the state that does not back down. They, uh, they like to challenge themselves as much as possible, and um, it, it's helped them through in the postseason before, but they fall tonight. But a chance to get right back at it tomorrow. And Eric, thanks so much for joining us and uh, putting up with our shenanigans as well. 
always glad to be here. And uh, again, there's only uh, to, to, to kind of cap what you thought, what, what you said there. There's only one tournament Parkersburg South cares to win, and that's the one that's held at the Charleston Civic Center in March. So <laughs> if, if you don't put a trophy, exactly. if, if you don't put a trophy, if you don't put a trophy case or a trophy in the trophy case in December, it's not a big loss. As you know, it's about what you need to do and the journey that you need to take to get where you need to be. Always a pleasure to be with you guys and uh, finish strong this evening, fellas. Hey, thanks so much. That's Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. My, one, of my, one of my favorite stations to call out. Not Except to, uh, for? WRRR. Where are you, <laughs> which Craig? Is a, right which now? is his sister station. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just all connected there. But, um, yeah, I definitely can uh, vouch for that. They don't try to get an easy win. They try to go ahead and challenge themselves at every opportunity. And, um when you've got a team that can and a program that can, you appreciate that they do. And, and we've talked about it, you know, being early in the season, you try to get that that confidence build up because, you know, that'll make or break your season right there alone. Sure will. And, you know, speaking of confidence, we're going to step aside and take a break and kind of regather here. <laughs> Catch our breath. Catch our breath for a second. <laughs> we have a scoreboard update that will come up when we come back as we are just moving right along. Here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Many places that you can listen and watch Basketball Friday Night. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page for the station nearest you. You can watch our high-definition video on YouTube. We're also on Facebook Live and Periscope. And on cable, we're on Sudlink's Network West Virginia statewide and the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25, Armstrong Cable Digital Channel 204. Hey, and we want you to send in your game pictures so we can feature them in our video stream. Send your pics to us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can send them to us on Facebook, and you can also send them to us by email, scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Give us your best pics of your team and their fans and become a part of basketballnight.com. Join us tonight and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. This week's question, should there be a running clock mercy rule in high school basketball? Vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote, and we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. A big shout out to the folks just joining us on Twitter, SC Athletics, Taylor Spratt, also Jennifer Farley, Trey Wiseman, and Ryan Forbes. They are all part of the Basketball Friday night in West Virginia family joining us tonight.
This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 1046 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville with you. Bill Cornwell is in studio as well. Joining us now on the program, he made it. I did. (laughs) Pretty quick. (laughs) In the time we spoke with Eric Little... Luke Creasy made it all the way from Glen Hayes. Okay, no, he was he was almost here. <laughs> I, was, I, I was well on my way. So. Yeah. So, uh, but but now in studio with us tonight, back is our special correspondent tonight, and our first uh, standout athlete of the week of this new season. And it's R.J. Klein from Sherman High School. Yeah, just a, a junior there for Sherman. But I was talking with him earlier today. Uh, that's a very young Sherman roster. Uh, they graduated four last year. And so it's uh, been a youthful start to the season. Uh, they uh, lost again tonight to Huntington St. Joe, but a very youthful start and, and a lot of promise for him. And we are now a little bit less than two weeks away from Christmas, and um, RJ is involved with uh, making sure that some of the, the children who may be less fortunate in Boone County and in the Seth area in particular get something for Christmas. Well, it's something he's been involved with for a long time, the uh, Secret Santa organization there uh, in that area. His dad is actually on the board for that uh, that, that program, and he's gotten involved with that, and, and he's actually gotten the chance a couple times to actually see the faces of some of the people receiving those presents, able to give those out. Uh, it's, a, it's a big thing down there. Uh, being able to give back is certainly something that uh, he loves to do in that community. It's very tight-knit. And the road from Seth, West Virginia, to Morgantown, West Virginia, is kind of windy, at least until you get onto the, the turnpike. The first couple miles. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it feels like you're driving in a circle almost, and you're not getting anywhere. But um, those country roads um, you know, helped link him to one of his mentors that he met at a basketball camp. Yeah, Beetle Bolden. Uh, they, they talk almost daily. Uh, they met at a skills camp up there in Morgantown, at West Virginia, and it's not uncommon for some of these younger athletes to go to some of these skills camps, but uh, he's very mature in the way he handles that, and he realizes the value of making some of those personal connections to learn from people that are at the college level, that have gone beyond the college level as well. Uh, so he, he's smart for his age, and, and he's, uh, he's got it all figured out right now. Luke Creasy takes a closer look at our standout athlete of the week, junior R.J. Klein of Sherman High School. The Sherman Tide boys basketball team graduated four seniors after last year, in turn losing a wealth of experience and leaving the team with a roster full of youth that has been put through the fire in its first two games of the season. Sherman junior R.J. Klein is now making the most of his chance to lead the team by learning more about himself and the game by those who have played it at the highest level. His ability to discern wisdom from mentors and apply it to his craft is what makes R.J. Klein this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia standout athlete of the week. Last year I was just playing my role and playing both varsity and JV. It was just kind of weird now. It's, it feels like I'm a senior, but I'm still a junior, so i got a whole other year, but I'm just trying to be a leader on this team. After those four seniors graduated, there was a giant hole in the Tides roster, waiting to be filled by a wave of rising upperclassmen. With no seniors on the roster, though, Klein has taken it upon himself to improve his game by attending basketball camps up and down the East Coast. Now, it's nothing new for Klein, who has attended these types of skill camps since he was in 8th grade, but along the way, he has made invaluable connections by attending camps at West Virginia University and yearly stops at both Concord and the University of North Carolina. 
North Carolina brings a lot of top competition player-wise, campers, and I just like playing against them. If you ain't playing against the best, what's the point of playing? And it's just fun playing against them to see like what I need to do or see where I'm at. As a Tar Heel fan, it's no surprise that he says his favorite was the UNC camp. He was able to take instruction from the legendary head coach Roy Williams and learn from both current and former players while attending the camp, making personal connections with camp coaches. Whatever they tell me, I take from what they're saying and I listen to them. Uh, Going back to North Carolina, Marcus Ginyard, he used to play for UNC, and he was one of the coaches my first year in uh, me and him still text all the time. I just talk about, like, how my season's going and uh, the ups and the downs, and he just tells me, like, just to keep my head on straight, and he knows what I mean to the team, so I just take what he says into consideration. And Klein's father, Robbie, says that he has seen his son's passion for the game translate into improvement through attending the different skill camps and thinks that that just might be what turns the tide for the Sherman boys' basketball team. It's strange. I mean, I think... Down the road, we're going to be we're going to be a really decent team, but I just think now we're just it's just it's a growing pain. You just got to get through it. After an 0-2 start to the year, Sherman's youth might be showing, but Klein said his team is constantly reminded by Coach Dave Henderson that every preseason goal they had is still well within reach. For basketball Friday night in West Virginia, I'm special correspondent Luke Creasy. Greatly appreciate our uh, special correspondent joining us uh, tonight and able to turn that for us on a a quick turn and celebrating the end of the semester and uh, greatly appreciate that uh, as well. And uh, guys, we're going to hold the scoreboard till the top of the hour. Um, But right now we've got, uh, we'll we'll, we'll talk back through that interview in just a minute. But uh, let's right now go back to the phones. The Riverview Raiders girls basketball team uh, starting out with a 4-2 and two mark on the season. Um, this is a ball club that, that's been pretty good for a while now, and then they kind of had a little bit of a step back for a year or so, but kind of seem to be getting their footing back underneath them. Gary Justice is the head coach of the Raiders. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And coach, welcome back to the program. Hey guys, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's nice to be here. I uh, have to correct you. We're five and one, but four and two is acceptable, I guess. <laughs> I'll have to get on the guys in the back. We got to straighten that out. But <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, we had, we had a score malfunction over uh, uh, on the snow day a few days ago. So yeah, they had it been reported by a few uh, places or whatever. Oh, so that, uh, that's no big deal. Yeah. All right, so so uh, just so I can make sure our guys get it right here, it was a win over Hurley, Virginia, correct? Yes. Okay, and fifty four thirty six. Yep. All right, we'll get that straightened out. We'll get that straightened out. Yeah. Uh, a win tonight over Scott at or today, I should say, over Scott. I think that was this morning, right? Early. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, we have a nine o'clock game in the Hoops Classic again. Um, you know, we uh, we're fortunate enough to be uh, <laughs> back in again this year and. Again, we don't mind playing those early games because if you get Charleston, but you're gonna have to play, you know, a nine thirty game sometime. So, yeah, that's a good experience to try and get something, something like that down under your belt for you for you know future references. A win before breakfast on a Friday is not a bad thing at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you, you know, the breakfast is always good. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and your ball club uh, back at it next week—a challenging game with the uh, George Washington Patriots. 
Yeah, and um, again, uh, I, I, I was calling to kind of um, talk about that tournament a little bit again. But um, Stephen Moody was uh, uh, sponsoring again. But uh, for uh, two days, we've got um, six games. Uh, the first night um, at uh, five o'clock, uh, we have West Side versus Ben. Uh, then we have uh, Mount View versus Wesley Christian Kentucky at the six thirty game. And then the uh, nightcap for the first game will be um, us versus George Washington. And then when we flip around on uh, Saturday, again, that we will have uh, Man uh, versus Mount View in the 530 game, um, us and Wesley Christian at 630, and then we'll cap off with Westside uh, uh, playing George Washington in the, uh, uh, the uh, 8 o'clock game that last day. Should be two uh, so, full um, days of good basketball. Yeah, we, uh, you know, you know, with, uh, with um, us and West Side again, we think we got two of the top, you know, teams in that area. Um, man is young, um, you know, uh, but again, they make some progress as far as playing well. Their record's not showing up too well right now, but again, but they're playing better basketball. And then, you know, um, you know, Jamie down at GW, that they're uh, you know top five AAA team. So, you know, to get them to come down to McDowell County was a with a nice treat, and you know that the people, you know, should be excited to see, you know, them come down and play, you know, in a place that they've never played before, and you know, versus you know, two pretty good double A teams, and and with Wesley Christian, I don't know anything about them. Their boys team, I know, is one of these top national teams that's got you know seven, eight D one kids on it. So the girls, I don't know, they may be terrible, or they might be, you know, the next coming of, you know, the Lakers. But you know, we'll find out. Hey, just. Toss it up and see what happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's uh, it's practice before February, so you know, again, you know, the better things you can play, the better off you'll be, hopefully. There you go, and uh, Coach, we're running short on time here. Uh, we we certainly uh, greatly appreciate you calling in, and uh, I gotta say, I, I hope to get to see Riverview this year, some way, somehow, somewhere. Well, that uh, that sounds good. We'll be happy to have you guys anytime you want to show up. We'll. Uh, Find you a GPS and a road map to get to Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, always enjoyed uh, trips into, into uh, McDowell County over the years, and uh, had, had made a trip to Jaeger, which is not there anymore. And played a basketball game there when I was a sophomore in high school, and the gym's not there anyway. I'm bringing up bad memories now for me, but uh, nonetheless, uh, <laughs> Coach Justice, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Gary Justice, head coach of the Riverview Raiders girls basketball team. We're going to step aside and take a break. Two hours are in the books, guys. Rolling right along. Fastest three hours in radio. We'll have a scoreboard update when we come back. We'll also, uh, a little bit later on, speak to our standout athlete of the week. And we'll have cause time. We're trying to create a little more cause time than normal. (laughs) Exactly. That's all when hour three of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Because after this on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to our radio affiliates and all affiliates statewide. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7 FM, Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher. 
the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106 WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW and Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD and Hinton. The greatest oldies of all time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley. Tuned for You Radio, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP, Clay. 104.5 FM, WASPLP, Huntington. 101.1 FM, WVWP, LP, and Wayne. And 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay. And Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL, in Huntington. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. How the time flies. 11 o'clock on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Right up on Joe Linville, Bill Cornwell. Happy to have you with us tonight as we cover high school basketball throughout the great state of West Virginia. I know we told you we were going to get you a scoreboard before the break. Um, we weren't able to, but right now we are. So let's get a check of our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. handle the girls' scores, then we'll turn it over to Bill Cornwell for the boys' scores on this go-around. Girls' scores tonight from across West Virginia. Moorfield defeats Pendleton County by a final score of 65-28 to in the Petersburg tip-off classic. Also in the West Virginia at West Virginia State, Fellowship of Christian Athletes event there. Riverview goes to 5-1 with a 49-32 victory over Scott. Just talked with head coach Gary Justice. You can find that in our archives. Also, St. Joe defeats Wyoming East 80-53. to Not necessarily surprised at the victor. Am surprised at the margin in that one tonight. South Charleston defeats Capital 74-38. Wheeling Park picks up a 44-37 victory over Belair, Ohio. Pocahontas County gets a win in the Rogers Oil Tournament over Webster County 68-15 the final in that one. Also girls high school basketball tonight. Ritchie County defeats South Harrison 46-36. It was Charleston Catholic over Greater Beckley Christian 35-22. North Marion picks up a 66-41 victory over East Fairmont. Philip Barber defeats Grafton in a barn burner. 57-56 in overtime. The Colts get the home win. Musselman defeats Hedgesville 51-46. 
It was Kaiser over Frankfurt in the Battle of Mineral County, 63-54 the final in that one. Logan defeats Tulsa 42-37. The Wildcats get the win at Rebel Arena. First loss of the season for Tulsa. Logan is still undefeated. Petersburg defeats Union 60-12. But Cannon Upshur picks up a 54-50 a victory over Bridgeport. That was in the IOGA Girls Tournament as Buchanan Upshur comes from behind. They were down by 12 in that ballgame, and they get the win tonight over Bridgeport. Notre Dame defeats Doddridge County 39-35. Summers County picks up a 73-28 victory over Greenbrier West. And the Indian Creek, Ohio Redskins from Wintersville defeat Oak Glen 60-44. We have most of our finals in tonight, starting off with Bluefield getting a win over Mountain View 73-28. It was Cameron beating Billsville, Ohio 73-59. Moorfield lost to East Hardy 72-59. No in-county rivalries go at it there. Uh, River Hannibal of Ohio beats Payton City 63-33. It was Musselman falling to Woodgrove, Virginia by a score of 64-52. Tucker County beats uh, Nicholas County by a score of 80. Or actually, Nicholas County won that game 82-74. Herbert Hoover falls to Nitro. Final score there, 53-28. It was uh, Wheeling Park over Martins Ferry, Ohio. Final score there was... uh, Wheeling Park 60-53, a win over Martins Ferry. Morgantown beats Buchanan Upshur tonight, big time, 91-40. It was Greenbrier West over Charleston Catholic, 69-57. Webster County tonight over Clay County, 95-47. Woodrow Wilson loses to Greenbrier East. Big win for Bimbo Cole Spartans, 56-54. John Marshall falls to University Skyhawks, 78-38. Lincoln County. Beats Man. Score we just got 80 to 60. Lincoln County's Panthers get that W. Logan over Scott 78-48. Midland Trail beat Richwood 63-58. Oak Hill beats Westside 52-42. Close win in Putnam County. Winfield 51. Polka 49. Pikeview falls to Princeton 80 to 45. It was Work County 52. Ravenswood 46. Cabell Midland now 3-0 on the year. The Knights beat Riverside tonight, 76-58. Sherman falls to Huntington St. Joe, 70-39. It was South Charleston over Spring Valley, 99-85. Wheeling Central over Magnolia, 92-38. Williamstown beat Ritchie County, 69-53. Blue Ridge Academy of Virginia, winner over Parkersburg South, 72-68. It was Petersburg over North Marion. 71-69. Oakland beats Lindsley. 77-49. And finally, Martinsburg. Huge win over Washington. 90-29. to Lots of scores there. Still looking for several as well. If you did not hear your score and you know it, tweet it to us at hoops underscore roundup. Uh, would certainly like to be able to get all of them on the air tonight. Uh, again, we've got about 54 more minutes to get them all in on the program. Again, you can go to basketballnight.com and sign up for the daily email alerts with all the scores. You just don't see the AP aggregate scores like you used to in the newspaper. So 
Um, it's kind of a little bit of a throwback there. To it's after five o'clock. Their offices are probably closed. <laughs> exactly, and uh, it was a big win today for the Greenbrier West Cavaliers. They defeated Charleston Catholic sixty-nine fifty-seven in boys' action. Noah Midkiff had thirty-four points to lead the Cavaliers in that game. Assistant coach Jared Robertson joins us now, and uh, coach, a very nice win for your basketball team tonight. Thanks, guys. It was great atmosphere. We talked last week about how it was going to be a Midkiff versus Williams battle, and it proved to be that with a packed gym in Charmco. Really proud of our fans for coming out tonight and supporting us. But um, just a hard-fought game and two good basketball teams. 2-0 and start to the season for the Cavaliers. And um, was this a year that maybe – I won't, I won't say too far back, but maybe a couple of years ago you looked at it as a chance to have a really, really good basketball team? Well, we've kind of looked at this. Uh, we've got five seniors that are playing that all have played as soft, since they were sophomores and a few of them played since they were freshmen. Um, two years ago, I think we won 13 games and we're really excited for last year. And we won 14 games and had a good year, but... Um, our kids really felt like they were disappointed and, and thought we should have finished better. We lost in the sectionals, didn't make it to regionals, and they've uh, they've really put a goal that we're going to advance further. we got a long way to go, but their effort has been fabulous the first few weeks of the season. So hopefully we can keep that up and get better. You talked about the atmosphere in Charmco tonight, and I, I think that um, especially the the single A, and in your case, a school that's been fringe double A over the, over the past uh, fifteen or twenty years or so. Um, you get about that size of a community. Again, I know it's a little bit of a rural school, but uh, you get that size of a community together and uh, kind of build toward a, a special season, like the opportunity that your team has to have one this year. And uh, it, there's really nothing like that. Yeah. It's just been a buzz around school all week. We uh, we haven't played since last Friday. We were supposed to play Midland Trail earlier this week, and their football team advanced deep in the playoffs, and they kind of bumped their season back a little bit. So we had all week to work on this game, and you know the the buzz for basketball has been here all week. Our cheerleaders put a lot of effort into signs and getting people here, and I really appreciate them. and And our community just really came out tonight. It was just. And Charleston Catholic brought several people, and we had a lot of neutral fans and several area coaches that weren't playing in the stands. So hopefully it was a good night for everybody. It was a great game. Coach, uh, next week, uh, no rest for the worry because you play a couple of teams that you're pretty familiar with, uh, local uh, rivals in Shady Spring and Metal Bridge. Yeah, Shady Spring is really good. I'd planned to go watch them Tuesday, and when the snowstorm hit down here, we didn't get the – their game got canceled, and I haven't seen them. But my scouting department that I always talk about helps me. I had a couple buddies go watch them against Westside. So we, uh, we're we going to be ready for them, but they're really good. It's going to be a big challenge for us, and it was great in the locker room. Our kids were happy that they'd won because this was a big game for us, but they were already talking about things we have to do better to have a chance on Tuesday. Coaches, and then the I'm sorry, go ahead. The big rival, the big rival waits on us on Friday, but you know that's the Meta Bridge is 15 minutes down the road, and Coach Gladwell does a super job and um, sneaking up to Glenville to try and catch them tomorrow and see how they look. Coach, 
Coach, you was talking about your uh, senior-laden team. You've only got five seniors on the roster and are all on the floor. Uh, how, As far as depth-wise, how does your team look? Well, we play eight kids, um, seven a lot, and then an eighth play, plays some. Uh, we got those five seniors, and then Chase Hagee is a junior that, that started most of the year last year for us as a sophomore. And uh, then Caden Pack is a sophomore that was kind of our JV go-to guy last year that we got in varsity a little bit as the season went along. And and he's just a, a great young player for us. And then people that know Greenbrier West history, we have Lawson Vaughn that's another sophomore. His dad, Kelly, was a big star for us back in the 80s. And those three give us a lot of depth to go with our five seniors. And having eight kids that can play is a luxury. Tonight we got in some foul trouble and and we could just keep rolling because we can sit guys when we need to. Coach, you and you've got some height on that team as well. Six two, six three, six three, six eight, six nine. Woo. Yeah, when you have the Odell twins inside, that gives you height to start with. <laughs> um, but yeah, around them we have a lot of kids that that are, have some height too, and and we try and make it a goal every night to dominate the rebound because of our size and. You know, you look at our, our guards, Midkiff and Griffiths, are only about 5'9", 5'10", but both of them can dunk a basketball easy and they can both jump. And and it gives us a, an advantage some nights. But, you know, people don't just let you rebound. Our kids know they have to work hard at it. And so far we've really done that. Hopefully we can continue. Do you get to travel on a bus with a little bit extra leg room? <laughs> to be honest, when we can, we try to take cars because we don't like to ride a bus. But it's kind of tough on those tall kids. <laughs> Absolutely. Jared Roberts, an assistant coach for Greenbrier West Boys basketball team, 2-0 and on the season. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll catch up with you again later on in the season. All right, Coach. I want to mention this, too. Uh, everybody knows Robbie Williams is a fantastic player for Charleston Catholic. He scored his 1,000th point tonight. Uh, during the game, we got to stop the game and present him the game ball and, and announce it. Uh, his dad was here. Everybody knows Coach Williams from Western Union Tech. And, um, I know he's probably disappointed that he lost, but he's a, a very good player. And just wanted to mention that, too. Congrats to him and, and his family for that accomplishment. Absolutely. A noteworthy achievement to get to 1,000 points in high school basketball uh, and a noteworthy achievement to beat a team as as good as what Charleston Catholic has been over the course of the last 20 years or so. Jared Robertson, assistant coach of Greenbrier West. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will speak with R.J. Klein, our standout athlete of the week. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget to join us tonight and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. This week's question, should there be a running clock mercy rule in high school basketball? Go online, vote yes or no tonight. Go to basketballnight.com and you can see it on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. And, of course, we'll share the results tonight. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. 
many places to listen and watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Of course, we're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just go to our affiliates page at basketballnight.com, and you can find the station nearest you. You can also watch our high-definition video on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, on Suddenlink Network West Virginia statewide in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25, Armstrong Digital Channel 204. If you're watching right now, you're going to see lots and lots of pictures that have been sent in to us. We want you to send your team picks, game picks, fan picks to us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. You can also send them to us on Facebook and you can email them to scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. Give us your best picks of your team and their fans. Become a part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 11-15 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as we roll through week two of the program. Week two out of 15, so... We're just getting started. That's right. We're just uh, we're still getting warmed up. Haven't even got to the game yet necessarily. <laughs> we're 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 in mid season four. That's what I'm going to tell myself. Anyway, um, if you're listening at home, don't laugh too hard at that. But uh, so happy to have you along on what is a, a, a nice Friday night. A little bit rainy throughout much of West Virginia, at least through the western part of it. Uh, that rain's coming up out of the south, but at least it's not snow. I don't know. I looked on uh, Cause's Twitter a minute ago. He had a map up there of rain projected in inches. You know, I thought it was a snowfall <laughs> prediction there at first, but it's several inches expected of rain up in that part yeah. of the state. You never like to see a rainfall map with inches. Yeah. You don't like it measured in inches. Measured in tenths. That's okay, but <laughs> inches. Yeah, uh, no, like four to five. No, that's a lot of that's a lot of water, but. Um, yeah, um, one of the things that we've got to do with this program over the past four years, and this is the sixth year for the program, but something we picked up on over the past four years, is uh, highlighting a standout athlete of the week every week. If you want to nominate somebody, and we'll tell you how, again how to do this in a moment, but I'll tell you now, and then we'll tell you then too. Um, go to basketballnight.com, just follow the instructions there. And, uh, once you nominate someone, they stay in the pool, so you don't have to nominate them every week. It's not um, we don't start fresh. Minutes. We don't start fresh every uh, week. You know, we we can keep them in the the pool for consideration. So uh, definitely uh, something you can do there to nominate a standout athlete from uh, your neck of the woods, so to speak, and um, it gives us an opportunity to get to talk to these kids and uh, in many instances their families as well. And, get to learn more about the athletes who, if you go to a basketball game on a, anyway, any night of the week, um, you just see them out on the court playing for you know 32 minutes, but you don't know their story necessarily, and everyone has a story. And uh, we enjoy bringing those to you. So nominate standout athletes of the week at basketballnight.com. This week's standout athlete of the week is a junior from Sherman High School in southwest Virginia in Boone County. 
He is R.J. Klein. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And R.J., congratulations on being this season's first Standout Athlete of the Week. Thanks for having me. Uh, tell me a little bit about your um, your role with this uh, with this Sherman basketball team. It's a, a, a team from a standpoint of not a lot of seniors. As a junior, you're kind of in a uh, in a leadership role right now. Yeah, uh, just being a role player last year as a sophomore, uh, not really playing a lot of minutes, but also playing. Uh, it's kind of weird being uh, one of the. Uh, main vocal points of the team this year and uh uh i'm a junior but i gotta act like a senior so it's just kind of a, something new to me and uh just today we played our third game so it's uh still getting used to it yeah i've seen this uh, young man play uh, several games and rj the intensity the the concentration you put into a game is, is it really stands out i mean you can tell when you're in the on the floor you are focused on what you're doing yeah i just uh whenever i step in between them lines i just try to put all my focus into the game and just try to win and do what's best for my team to get the win and your basketball club is yeah it's a tough start to the season it's a long season though um you know tell me a little bit about this particular sherman time basketball team it's different. Uh, we don't got a lot of older guys on the team. Uh, our starting five consists of four juniors and one freshman that played junior high last year. It's just different from last year's team where all five starters were, uh, four of them were se- uh, seniors, and then uh, Chris Abbott, who's starting this year, uh, played last year for an injured senior. It's uh, just a different team than what people are used to seeing. And RJ, something that many of our standout athletes of the week over the uh, past couple of years have, have talked about is time management because they end up being involved in a lot of activities. Something that caught my eye is the Secret Santa uh, organization that you're involved with. I know your dad's involved with that as well. Tell me about um, what you're able to do with that and um, how you're able to balance uh, schoolwork and then uh, some of the extra things that you do outside of basketball. Yeah, it's uh, hard. I'm not going to lie. Um, I like doing uh, Secret Santa. It's fun. Uh, I have a lot of friends like Tony Harshbarger and uh, just all kinds, like Sam Burns. I got all kinds of friends that uh, are in the organization. I like helping out, like anything I can do to help anybody out, I'll do it. And uh, uh, I just like doing it because I get to help kids that don't get a, don't get a Christmas if it wasn't for Secret Santa, and I just like doing that for them. R.J. Klein, our standout athlete of the week, junior with the Sherman High School boys basketball team. Congratulations, and R.J., we wish you uh, the best of luck throughout the course of this, your junior season. Thanks for having me. All right, and uh, I must say another... A well-mannered young man as well. Did I say another excellent selection? The committee here does a fantastic job. (laughs) He always, when I see him in a game, he always comes over. You know, even while he was warming up against Scott the other night, he came over and spoke to me. Just, you know, he only had a second, but at least he acknowledged it, you know, yeah. and, and went right back in and to the warm up. So, yeah. and, uh, fine young man. Absolutely. Yeah, there was a. Go ahead. I just said, we've already got a lot more nominations, but keep them coming because we, we want to have a big pile is to say to a big pool select, select from a big pool yes, yes. and uh, again go to basketballnight.com to submit your standout athlete of the week nominations uh, you can do that 
whenever because we've got 13 more of them to hand out. And it's uh, open 24-7. Absolutely. And, uh, again, you don't have to do it every week because it carries over week to week in terms of people who have been nominated before. Um, great basketball game tonight. Uh, and a girls game between Buchanan Upshur and Bridgeport. Bridgeport had a 12-point lead at one point. Uh, but Buchanan Upshur, it was kind of in a reset this year with a new coach and a, a lot of new faces after the graduation of a fantastic group that, that went through last year and was a AAA runner-up. Buchanan Upshur comes back and gets the win. Dylan Godet of the Buccaneer Sports Network joins us now on the program. And Dylan, winning never gets old. No, it doesn't. And that group of girls out there tonight, definitely used to winning and now the seniors in their fourth year so definitely showed that perseverance tonight to be able to come away with that win after being down in the by 12 in the third quarter it looked a little gloomy there but they're able to fight back and get the win so do you think the battles that those girls have been involved in over the past two and three years um helped them to kind of settle it down and and come back and get that win tonight for sure um with the seniors tonight that really stepped up was was Allie Robinson two straight games in a row against Parkersburg last night and against Bridgeport here tonight, 20 points in both of those games for Allie. And then in the fourth quarter, Leanne Bennett coming into the game, not scoring a lot of points, taking over really the point guard role for the team. She comes in in the fourth quarter with 12 points, gets a steal late to seal the win against Bridgeport. And that was really a kind of waking up moment for her, like you're mentioning there using that experience that she's had in the years past. Her sister last year, now playing college basketball up in Pennsylvania, Division II basketball, kind of learning off of that, really um, came together tonight for her to get that performance, get that steal to seal the win. was a big come-from-behind victory. That's something with a, with a team with not your leading score, with losing leading, leading scores from a year ago, and Hannah McClung and Lauren Bennett um, definitely had the – different players have to step up and learn how to score and I think Leanne tonight with her ability to shoot the three-point shot four threes in the fourth quarter uh, definitely stepped up and was able to do that all right uh, excellent win and uh, again by Cannon Upshur um, playing through what we'll affectionately call a reset but still a lot of good basketball players in that program on that team um, they pick up the win tonight over Bridgeport by final 54 to 50 and they'll take on North Marion next week and I mean, they're just excellent basketball teams up in there. Also uh, lost to Parkersburg yesterday, but uh, have been in some very tight games, a six-point win over Lincoln, um, a two-point loss to Frankfurt. So, um, like I said, there's a, a Buchanan Upshur team that's um, maybe not at the level it had been, but it's still at a pretty high level. Okay, now that I've got all the formalities out of the way, <laughs> Dylan, I went to Kaiser back in uh, November, first it was uh, November 9th is when I made the trip. And that took me through Buchanan. And I was on Route 48, the uh, Corridor H, just a little bit east of Buchanan, and crossed the, the Buchanan River over the Sheriff Fred Godet Bridge. And that made me wonder, how is Fred Godet related to you? As my late grandpa- grandfather, he um, was a sheriff, the county commissioner in my town. I did a bit of everything as well. And he actually played football for a year at Marshall uh, the year before the plane crash as well so wow. connection there with you guys being at Marshall he was he was on the Marshall football team the year before the plane crash uh, so wasn't involved with that but definitely a cool little connection there and 
definitely special, the, the We Are Marshall movie and all Marshall things, is definitely special to my family uh, with him having that connection to the team. John Young, that was on the Marshall plane crash, was uh, college roommates with, with my grandfather, and they were high school teammates at Buchanan Upshur back when Buchanan Upshur was winning state titles in, in football. Excellent uh, tie-in there, and I, I just I, I saw that bread. I thought I'll have to ask Dylan about that on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and I, I just figured there weren't too many go days out there. Yeah, definitely not in McCann, we're the only <laughs> only family. But cool as well with the girls' team last year. His my grandfather's football teams are in the um, Hall of Fame for our school, and I'm sure the the girls' team from last year is it's a shoe-in for that Hall of Fame as well. So that'd be cool for my sisters to have kind of write their name in the Godet history along with my grandfather. Absolutely. Fantastic stuff. Dylan Godet of the Buccaneer Sports Network, thanks so much for joining us and good win tonight for the Lady Bucks. Thank you guys for having me, like always. All right, and I uh, greatly appreciate getting to talk to him. And Guys, sometimes you just, you just read a sign by the road and you find a connection you didn't even wow. know. Wow. I mean, I mean, we got even a little deeper that, that he, he we learned that his Grandfather played at Marshall. I guess he played for Perry Moss. Would have been 1969. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, that was the team. Yeah, there were some. Uh, well, that was a uh, the team right before the 1970 team that was in the plane crash, and uh, obviously a lot of those guys who played on that team either were still on the team in '70, unfortunately, and, and, and perished, or knew them. So you, you mentioned that tie, and just. Uh, it's a small state sometimes. Taryn Malone is a Magnolia High School student and a sports journalist in the making. Uh, he was at the Magnolia Billings <coughs> Central Boys game. And also the girls from Magnolia are 4-0. He's here to talk about the Blue Eagles. And Taryn, even though it was a rough time tonight for the boys' basketball team, they were up against a fantastic basketball team. Uh, yes, uh, the boys' basketball team uh, faced uh, some hardships tonight um, with the beginning of Wheeling Central's uh, season opener. Um, the boys was hanging in there for a while, and uh, Central Catholic at the end of the first quarter was leading 20-10, to 10, and uh, Central Catholic just led by about 20 uh, near halftime and then just dominated the ball game uh, overall in the second half. A little bit of a, a different start, though, for the Blue Eagles girls team. Uh, yes, uh, the girls uh, this season has um, started out their season 4-0, and they take on rival River Hannibal tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Um, the girls are having a great start to their season win over uh, Payton City, 59-41. Uh, Lindsay Cadets. 44-39, St. Mary's 52-40, and uh, Bellsville at Thursday night 39-28. So a good start for the Blue Eagles as well. And uh, Taryn, uh, I know that's a you know a rough loss tonight for the boys team, but uh, looking forward, uh, obviously this is very much early in the season, and things tend to kind of even out a little bit more as the season goes along. Uh, yes, uh, Coach Dave Tolman uh, mentioned to me a couple weeks ago that this is uh, his youngest uh, basketball team that he's had together in the uh, years he's been coaching at Magnolia. Um, but he also noted that there is uh, great leadership with his team, and uh, he still he said that, that there's still a lot of season to go. Taryn Malone, Morgan, uh, Magnolia High School sports journalist. Thanks so much for joining us, Taryn. 
Uh, thanks for having me. All right, and we got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Dave Morrison. He had the West Side Oak Hill Boys basketball game. We'll talk with Super Dave when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. You've got a few minutes left. Join us in this week's poll question. Should there be a running clock mercy rule in high school basketball? Vote yes or no. And tonight at 11.45, we'll let you know the results. Go to basketballnight.com and you'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. Don't forget the Daily Hoops Roundup, which is part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We'll send followers an email at 8 a.m. with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com, and you can find out all of the day's scores. And we want you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. On Twitter, we're at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can email scores to scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. You can also send us a text. You can text SCORES to 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. Check it out. It's all at BasketballNight.com. The Daily Hoops Roundup. Shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers tonight. SC Athletics, Taylor Spratt, Hunter Gorell, George Cameron, and Ioga Classic. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. It's 11.32 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, happy to have you with us. Just a half hour left in Episode 2, Season 6 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the 75th episode overall. Wow. That's hard to believe. We've done this 75 times now. <laughs> My goodness. It's going to be amazing next year when we get to 100. Then we're going to have a party. <laughs> Big party. It's um, like streamers and stuff. I don't know that we could party any more than what we're about to with the, <laughs> with the food selection that's out right now. The I'm, hospitality I'm, I'm room you. has been moved in. Yes, we're, uh, we're going to struggle through this last 30 minutes because we're distracted by all the food that's in the studio here. A lot of sugar in the room, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know who's not distracted by food right now? Well, actually, he might be. <laughs> he, might be. he may be rare back <laughs> chomping that. Dave Morrison calling in to talk with us about the Westside Oak Hill boys game. And, yes, he gets his own intro now. Super Dave, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. That's some pretty impressive uh, music I've got there. I mean, that... That's a that's a downright regal intro. 
I mean, <laughs> that really is regal. I feel like the Budweiser, Bud Light King. He gets John. <laughs> he gets John Williams music. That's impressive. Is that a sponsor? Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> No, just keep but, moving uh, on. We'll just, we'll just keep right on moving along. But <laughs> Hilly Hilly, yeah, Oak Hill, West Side. We'll go with that. Oak Hill West Side. How about that? Oak Hill and uh, West Side Boys Basketball. Um, those two programs uh, have have gone at it for. Um, you know, Oak Hill's been somewhat bouncing between Double A and Triple A at times, but uh, still, that's a good Region Three rivalry, and uh, another chapter of that played out tonight. I know West Side's a little bit down, and uh, Oak Hill's got a very good basketball team, and Oak Hill able to get the win tonight, fifty-two forty-two. And Dave, I'll just ask you: Are these are these Red Devils for real? Well, if you based it on the first three quarters of tonight, you probably have to say no. But quite frankly, I think West Side and, and even their Oak Hill coach Benitez Jackson admitted as much. West Side outplayed them simply. Uh, for three quarters tonight, it was, I believe, tied at uh, 38-38 after uh, three quarters. Oak Hill put up, it was actually, the score was 68-56. Um, Oak Hill put up 30 points in the fourth quarter and kind of pulled away and went by 12. But, I mean, really, for three quarters, it was just like uh, one of the great rivalry games over the past uh, between these two schools. And uh, <laughs> if you ask me, if Oak Hill was for real for the first three quarters, I would say I would say no. But after that uh, fourth quarter, when they really got rolling and like, ran off, I think it was a fifteen to three run, uh, really got things started and put up thirty points. Based on that, I would have to say yes. Really, a great effort by Westside tonight to uh, stay in that game for three quarters. Because when you look back, Westside had lost the number eight Shady Spring by forty two. Lost the number one Chapmanville by thirty nine, and going into this game, I thought I think a lot of people thought it was going to be much the same, and and it really wasn't. And the credit to Westside. Yeah, Westside's a, a young team. Talk about a team that's in a reset. Um, that's a ball club that that's a traditional program, and you know their schedule still reflects it, but they don't necessarily have the team to to to, to play at that level night in night out right now, at least, and. Um, I think that's the ball club that's going to have a deceiving record by the end of the year because their record's going. There's a good chance that Westside's boys are going to have a you know a record that is almost eye-openingly not typical Westside. But I think the team I think may end up be, being better. Very well, be losing. They very well could be a losing record yeah. um, at the end of the season. But uh, they certainly aren't. Uh, you would have to say their schedule is one of the best in Double A right now. Have played eight, one, and three in their first three games. So I think it levels off a little here where they'll play teams uh, similar to them. And, uh, you know, Sean Jenkins said as much before the season started, look, we're going to we're gonna win some games we probably shouldn't. And it almost looked like they were going to do that tonight, like I said, tied after three. And we're going to lose some games that maybe we should win. And that's reflective of having a team with not a lot of experience. But tonight they did have one thing they didn't have in the other two games. They had some more scoring. Hunter Walters was... The only player back. They lost seven of their top eight players. Hunter Walters, that one guy back with tonight's sophomore, um, Reed, Daniel Reed, had 16 points all up in the fourth quarter. Jace Calusi had uh, 12 points. So they did find some uh, second, maybe a second or third option for on down the uh, road. They didn't have that in the first two games. Dave, going back to Oak Hill, uh, 
Coach Jackson's going to find out a lot about his club next week because uh, they, they've got a game on Tuesday night against Nicholas County, and then, boom, two nights later, three nights later, back-to-back trips to Charleston to play GW and Capital. Yeah, and I, and I think they, because of what they have back, if you look at their lineup, at times tonight they had the same starting lineup on the floor that they had most of last season. Um, Andrew Work didn't make the start, their best player. Obviously, Andrew Work didn't make. He didn't start because he was hurt and missed some practice. Didn't play in the Riverside game uh, last, earlier in the week on Tuesday and uh, had 14 points tonight. Memories action again. He did not make the start. But he did have a nice second half to. He scored most of his 14 in that second half. I think uh, 11 of them uh, during and a lot of it during the run, but. Yeah, you look at that. You play a George Washington in the Capitol, they certainly can't play like they did tonight. And, uh, I wouldn't think they would overlook a section rival. But this is an opportunity, really, for Andrew Work, one of the better players, I think, in AA in the state. It's an opportunity for him to open up some eyes when you go to Charleston, give those folks a chance to see him. They're going to play Fairmont later in the year, give people up there a chance to see him. And if he can acquit himself nicely, uh, the different places they're going to be going to play games. He has an opportunity maybe to open open up some eyes. And uh, they, if you look at Oak Hill's history, they've had several players of the year: um, Tracy Sheldon, PG Green, and Cornelius Jackson in a in a ten year run back in the nineties, late eighties, nineties. So, you know, maybe he can add himself to the wall they've got over there. I know that's uh, something he would like to do, and they're going to he might have that opportunity with the schedule they're playing. O'Kill gets the win tonight over Westside by 12. And uh, Dave, we're, we're going to try to save a little bit of extra time for Rick Kozlowski tonight. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, well, just, do you I have anything to say to Cause? And we'll just relay it to him. Yeah, tell Cause to stop avoiding you during Steeler games. Oh, Ooh, that hurt. <laughs> well, we're both big fans. We used to. We used to complain to each other. I kind of missed it. We haven't done that in a while. Well, you've had a lot to complain about recently with the uh, Steelers play. <laughs> and as a Bing- yeah, this Bengals fan who's watching his team in a five-game <laughs> losing streak, who is still a game and a half out of the first place in the division, is just perplexed by a football right now. Yeah. yeah, I got nothing. Well, I tell you what, they might get that. They they might end up winning their last game. The losing streak news. Steelers might not win another game this year, but. They always find a way we'll to beat what the happens. Bengals. It's basketball season now. I'm happy about that. There you go. Dave Morrison, thanks so much. Always a pleasure, Dave. Yeah, it's always nice talking to you. You guys have a good evening. Thanks. And uh, we're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we will have our poll question for the week. A little bit off the wall, but I, th- I think it's an interesting question. We'll have that. We'll have our results from last week's poll question. We'll also have cause time. And again, a reminder for scores anytime basketballnight.com at hoops underscore roundup on twitter or type in basketball friday night in west virginia in the facebook search bar all those options this is basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network basketball friday night in west virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network This is high school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Special thanks to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 
105.5 FM and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7, Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, Classic Hits 106, WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM, 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM, the Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM. WVOW in Logan. Light Rock 93R. WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM. WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM. WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. Tune for you, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP Wayne, 90.7 FM, WFGH 4K, and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 11.44 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Bill Cornwell is in studio with us. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville here, and Marcus Constantino joins us now on the set of Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Sometimes it feels like we just keep rolling people in here. <laughs> they're just always somebody roll them else. In, roll them out. Roll Event, them. You know, there's still one more, but we'll get him maybe next week. Um, if he comes back. Um, <laughs> but Mark, it's time for uh, our poll question. That's right, Ryan. And we'll go with last week's poll question. Uh, the results first. Should there be a running clock mercy rule in high school basketball? Uh, 65% of voters said yes, there should be, and 35% of voters said no. Now, this week's poll question, uh, and this is kind of out in left field, but not really because it used to be this way, should girls' basketball be held in the winter as it is now or in the fall as it used to be? You can go to basketballnight.com and cast your vote until 11.45 next week. And I know that's out of left field, but what tripped that discussion um, – Joe, is that, you know, we talked about the basketball mistake. Right, with the basketball. In, in, in Arizona, where the girls were playing with a boys' ball for a half in a game. And um, just remember the way it used to be. And um, I, another pro, you don't have to share gym time because uh, the, a lot of times the girls will practice right after school. And the boys don't get to practice till five, six, seven o'clock in the evening. And, and women's coaches of high or of collegiate teams have better access to watching players for recruiting purposes, right. instead of being in the middle of their own season. Too. So, but it, there's pros and cons to right. both of it. Absolutely. The, the, the one thing that I could see that would uh, in West Virginia would cause a lot of consternation about this is the cheerleading championships in Charleston. 
would be about about the same time, and there might be a little bit of a fight for space there. Or the back-to-back weeks in March. Or the back-to-back weeks in March. And sure. volleyball has caught up sure. in this state, too. It's caught on. So uh, we're, not, we're not advocating for it. We're just throwing this out there as just a, hey, this it's is a poll something. Question. We're throwing right. out the scenario. <laughs> it's a poll question. And I do want to mis- uh, mention that Michigan used to play girls basketball in the fall all the way up until the uh, 06-07 season. Um, what happened there was the U.S. Supreme Court declined a request from the Michigan High School Athletic Association to appeal lower court rulings that said the season alignment discriminated against women because they had it a different season. It all goes to court. I, I, I don't under, I don't, I'm, that's, that's over my head. But anyway, that's our poll question. I think it's an interesting one. Um, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with the way things are currently from that standpoint. Right. But again, we're, just, we're just throwing out ideas. Rolling, rolling, rolling. That's it. Rolling, rolling, there we go. I mean, I mean, and, and there's there's so many variations on on girls basketball. Anyway, do, don't they still have the in Iowa the the six on six or, or the where you only play defense or offense? The, that was something that was a, a weird rule up to at least a couple of years ago. No, you're you're right. And uh, it was it was six on six. Uh, New Jersey did for a long time. Um, Iowa did it. You know, for state championship games. I think the it's champ- unbelievable. I think that it's gone beyond that. We don't have to do that anymore. No, but um, actually, Iowa did it until I wanted to find this out until 1993, hmm. which is still close enough, relatively recent wow. in the world of yeah. You know what? It's cause time. I'm a soul oh yeah. Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal joins us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. All right, Rick, you got 12 minutes. Go. I got soul, baby. I got soul. <laughs> you do have soul. <laughs> okay, so I want to know what the heck Morrison told you guys to tell me because I kind of heard something, but I didn't hear the whole thing. It had to do with the Steelers. He says he hasn't. He misses talking with you about. I guess wallowing in the was it the pity the of the Steelers was it during games? Yeah. Well, maybe you should like call me up or something. You hear that, Dave Morrison? <laughs> call me up. <laughs> it goes both ways, right? Call me, maybe. <laughs> All right, uh, Rick. The I Martins. Was imp- I was I was impressed that uh, Dave Morrison now has bumper music too. Right. Kind of surprised me too. I mean. I mean, I got it right away. You know, he took him six years, but hey. <laughs> you know, not that not that we've created a, a healthy competition between two of our favorite sports writers or anything. Uh, Martinsburg picks up a big win tonight. Bulldogs two and zero. As we talked about earlier, this program's just winning everything right now. <laughs> well, they they have pretty much you know. Everybody back from last year, you know, except for uh, Corey Barnett, two-time All-State player, who uh, is uh, now one of the uh, second-leading scorer at Frederick Community College. So he's, uh, you know, doing well for himself. Washington is is in a bit of a struggle. They are extremely young. They have a new coach. I think there's maybe three upperclassmen, but it's basically sophomores and freshmen, and which is, 
you know, kind of what happened to them during football season. They kind of took some lumps, and I think they're gonna, it's going to happen again. But I think uh, it was some a new coach who is enthusiastic and is going to try to, you know, get things situated there. And, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, Martinsburg, uh, you know, is looking, uh, looking pretty strong in its first two games. Uh, got a couple of their football players back. Uh, you know, Grant Harmon, first game of the year, scored 21 points. You know, so he was just, uh, I guess you might say he was kind of the quarterback of the team for the first game. And then uh, when you talk about some depth that they have, he only scored four points tonight, and other people, you know, jumped in the fray. Is Grant Harmon, I, I hate putting this as a uh, definite thing with anyone, because I just don't think that. Um, it, it's really a measurable thing. I think it's safe to say, though, that Grant Harmon is among the most versatile athletes that West Virginia has had in a long time. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, when you look at him, he's a three-sport player, football, where he has excelled, basketball, where he's done pretty darn well. And let's see if I can look for a rhyme for baseball. I'm not sure where I can go with that one, but... Uh, Shortstop on the baseball team, which uh, made the Final Four last year and actually took Hurricane to extra innings. Hurricane won the state championship. And, and you know, he's going to weigh his options as far as college goes, but uh, he might wind up not even playing sports in college. He's a 4.5 student in the classroom. And, Good grief. Uh, hey, he's just, he's, just he's just got it going on. Yeah, he does. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, those are kids that are kind of easy to root for, too, because, uh, you know, I think to be that good, part of it has to come naturally, but you also have to refine it to be as good as what he is at all three sports. Oh, absolutely. You have to, you have to work at it. You know, there is natural ability. And, and I think in a lot of ways, he's made himself better because of how he's worked at things. Uh, you know, you go on the football field, and... He has just this uncanny knack for making things happen. And when you look at him sometimes, you, you, you just like kind of scratch your head and say, well, you know, how does he do it? And, you know, I, and I, you know, I don't think he is, you know, certainly isn't the, the most flashiest player, but fundamentally, you know, hey, we can still win with fundamentals. And it's an amazing thing, those, those fundamentals. You know, he's very strong in that regard. Cause, uh, Another team up up your way that uh, had a late football season, but uh, has certainly made the transition real well. Is Musselman? They're four and one now after uh, beating uh, Hedgesville tonight by five. Uh, wrong Musselman. That was the girls' team. Well, that was the girls' team. That was the girls' team. Okay, I'm I'm looking on the wrong one, but yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, well, well, the guys are two and two. Yeah, they they played Woodgrove, Virginia tonight. You're right, but uh, you know, but that, that that's another situation where uh, you know it, coaches are having to fight that transition. On, you know, and, and that's a good thing. I mean, there's so there's so many good football teams up up your way, and uh, you know, it, it's a pleasant problem to have. Obviously, I think so. It's uh, you know, it's good to see you know kids playing more than one sport. You know, this day and age, you know, somewhere along the line, kids got the idea, and I think it comes through parents and some of their coaches outside of school who tell them they need to specialize in sports. But, hey, what happened last Saturday 
Who won the Heisman Trophy? Kyler Murray. And what does Kyler Murray do? He's a $4 million a year <laughs> baseball player. Going to be an Oakland A. And a quarterback, multi-sport athlete. How about that? So those things actually can work. What an amazing thing, isn't it? It, it really is. I think we've gotten so far away from that and this idea of specialization, <laughs> which may sound logical, but in practice just is, is, tends to not be. Well, I sometimes think that, uh, that when people talk about specialization, whatever the sport it is, they don't necessarily have the best interest of the kids in mind. And why, why, when I say that, you know, when we started playing sports, you know, what was the biggest thing about playing sports? Having fun. Yeah. Enjoying it. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, when I was growing up, I played a lot of different sports, and I enjoyed them all. And I just, I just think that, uh, you know, sometimes you, just, you, know, you, you, you get yourself pigeonholed into a certain sport, and maybe you aren't having as much fun. As if you would be out with your buddies who, you know, are, are doing something else at the, at the time, something you know, playing some kind of sport, and you know, you're concentrating on on whatever you're in, and the rest of the guys are having a good old time in the parking lot, uh, basketball court, and you know, you're concentrating on swinging a baseball bat, you know. I don't know. I seen a post there earlier. It said if your kid is not being successful on the baseball field, maybe it's because he's been playing too much Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, uh, I don't know a whole lot about that. Hey, Cause, I do want to ask you, just get your opinion on something. You just talking about Washington there being, you know, maybe down a little bit. You know, looking at their roster, they've only got four seniors on their team, four juniors, and they got a slew of sophomores. I mean, that's kind of surprising for, you know, a fairly large AAA school over in the Panhandle. Yeah, well, that's what I said. I, I think, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, why there aren't, you know, you know upperclassmen, why it's, you know, Dominated by sophomores and freshmen, I, I I really don't know, but I think uh, you know, given that they have a new coach, you know, you might want to have that fresh start where you bring the guys up with you, and come you know two three years from now, you know, maybe you have something really going on. You know, certainly when you look back at uh, Washington's first few years, they had young ball teams. And then they finally kind of had that team that everybody thought was going to win a state championship. They were undefeated going into Charleston and uh, lost to Huntington in the state semifinals. And I'm not sure off the top of my head what year that was, but that was kind of like, you know, that was kind of like the year they were pointing to. And they thought, hey, everything, you know, coming together. They played a bad game, but beaten by Huntington, and, and that was the end of it. And they've kind of, the program has kind of, you know, fallen off a little bit since then. But, you know, maybe for them, you know, with the new coach, with the young team, maybe that's what they're trying to do is just build into that kind of program once again. Hey, Rick, before we let you go, let's just ask for your opinion on our poll question. Again, there's absolutely no malice to this or coming from anywhere other than just an idea. And we'll have to keep this short. I apologize. I ran a little bit late on asking this. But 
how would moving girls basketball to the fall if if someone were to somehow decide that's what should be done how would that affect coverage of the sport uh, how would that affect uh, participation in the sport well uh, do you guys remember when girls basketball used to be in the fall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. faintly <laughs> I know better than that. <laughs> I was 10 when it moved guys come on well, I know you, you were you were wrong, but I think a couple of the other gentlemen probably remember that. Yep. Uh, I think what happens now is having girls basketball along with the boys makes things a heck of a lot easier for practice. Because if you recall, back when girls basketball was in the fall, volleyball was in the winter. It takes longer to put up volleyball nets, so you're losing court time. And, and, and Rick, we're, we're, we're right up against it now. I led you too long on that one. That was my fault. Rick, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, always a pleasure, guys. You guys have a great weekend. You thanks, too, you too. You too That's Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. And that is another edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Once again, all the scores are available on basketballnight.com, at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. For the entire gang, thanks for joining us. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.